Expanding the Nerdosphere, talking on everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Episode 18 of Down and Nerdy is on, and when we heard Arthur was coming to town, we were kind of hoping it was going to be Aquaman. Or he had the kids show Arthur, and he'd bring his little sister DW with him. That would be okay, or, I guess. Or a, a drunk Dudley Moore. That'd be, yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not Russell Brand, I'm oh, good. Oh, I'm oh. good. Like that should have ever happened. But anyway, I'm <laughs> James with him alongside. Nick Battaglia, America's number one mascot for fireworks safety. And of course... <laughs> As always, <laughs> as soon as he can contain himself. Uh, anyway, of course, our special guest, social media manager extraordinaire. It's Cody Green. What's up? We're back, and now the show's better. <laughs> you should you should know not to do that when he's taking the <laughs> This is expensive equipment that we need to no. do another episode. <laughs> oh, God. No, so Cody's here, and... So, what did you guys do this weekend? Stuff like that. It's pretty... I mean, I, I, went, to the, I went to the Ghostbusters thing. That was pretty awesome. It was at Tywar Comic Con, Dave and Buster's. That was phenomenal. It was like over 100 people there. It was great. They are doing some cool stuff, man. They're, they want to do like a cosplay kickball game and stuff like yeah. that. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. matter of fact, this Saturday, July 5th, I'm going to be at the Mega Nerd Garage Sale. That was probably their most popular event the first time uh-huh. around. And uh, it, it just, I've always wanted to go to one. It never really worked out. So I'm going to go to the one on July 5th. If you're in the Virginia Beach area, it's off South Plaza Trail. You can get all the info at uh, our Facebook page, actually, facebook.com slash down and nerdy. And one of the things that piqued my interest about this particular one is there's somebody there that's going to sell this gigantic action figure collection, like one by one. And I'm talking, not just like newer stuff, but older stuff. So I'm like, okay. I told the wife, I said, this is my chance to recoup some of the stuff I foolishly <laughs> gave away or that my mom gave away when I was a kid. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk to people while, while I'm there about collectibles and stuff, and that's what we're going to do next week on the show. We're going to talk about the collectibles that you know you wish you had, the stuff you still have, yeah, and stuff like that. So come on out to the Mega Nerd Garage Show at the Topwater Comic Con. That, that first porno magazine you found as a child, man, you're just like, that's just something you want to have forever. J.C. Lane. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a song about her. Um, oh, wait, I mean, yeah, not surprisingly, I was at Bush Gardens Saturday. So. Yeah, I mean, why'd you even ask him? Uh, yeah, why? This but weekend? hey, Cody's got the site BG Cabana. That's actually kicking ass. Lot, yeah, we're doing really cool. It's a lot of fun. Did check that out. Uh, it's a lot of information about Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, and we're starting to get into the international theme park information too. But I went there to actually interview a guy and uh, that that interview should be or not interview but uh, the blog about it should be up uh, in the next couple of days. I'm surprised you didn't call it Talking Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, back on the porn again. <laughs> I'm just really surprised. But no, it's a very cool site and it's, it's, that's kind of what it's like. It's almost like the, the Talking Dead for Bush Gardens kind of thing. And we got well over 200 pages of content. Just just content. And we got a forum on there if you want to discuss stuff too. But yeah, we're uh, we're in like 19 countries now, and it's just it's going crazy. Speaking of which, we just That's gained what, yeah. a yeah. listener in Uganda, so thank. We're in six continents now for down and nerdy, which is just two more left. So cool. We're gonna get that little shack in Antarctica. And, yeah, we need and to then, find and then some. the dark continent. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible that where there's no research nerd in Antarctica that has found out about the show yet. I mean, come on, it's gotta be no research there. nerd with Wi-Fi. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, you know, how's the Wi-Fi in Antarctica? 
Well, maybe <laughs> somebody could download it for them, maybe put it on a disc or something and ship it. It'll take like Whoop. eight weeks to get there. That's but, probably you know. why they're yeah. <laughs> But we wouldn't see that. It's yeah. that important. But it wouldn't it. show up on the site as being there. <laughs> We have to wait till they send it back and be like, so, yeah, I like so it. So wait a minute, could we just say we have a listener in Antarctica? Yes, because we can. who would know any better? Anyway? Yes, yes. <laughs> the penguins um, would know. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, around that's the world. It. So now our next goal is what, the International Space Station then? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that Why still not? there? I think, I think so. so. I thought it was like falling to earth or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's you, a piece you, of crap. <laughs> fall apart, man. It is. I mean, come on. It, it was old when they made Armageddon. It was I mean, old. <laughs> it was old. It was old. I mean, that thing is just like there. I mean, it's being held together by toothpicks and duct tape by this point. I mean, and brute Russian strength. As long as yeah, there's no. Remember uh, the Russian from Armageddon? Yeah. 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 Hey. 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 <laughs> Russian hero. <laughs> No, just gotta find out that guy's name. He's a great actor. He's in all kinds of stuff. He was in. There was a movie I saw the other past week, and he was like, the, "Oh, 20, he's in Twenty Two Jump Street, and he's in Constantine. He's in a lot of shit." <laughs> that movie does not exist to me. Okay, but still, he was in Constantine. <laughs> but he was. He, he's one of those guys where he's like, yeah, he's one of those guys where like this guy who's in he's that a that thing. guy. Yeah, he's a that. You're guy. a that he's guy a that guy, guy. So of course you. Would oh know yeah. Oh yeah. I was, see. I don't know his name offhand, but I, I recognize that guy's. I mean, my favorite's Wallace Shawn. I don't know exactly who that is. Inconceivable! Oh, yeah. Wallace Shawn, the guy who should have played Gargamel. Yeah, come on. I, I love Hank Azaria, but Wallace Shawn. I'm with you, Gargamel. dude. I'm with you. Um, you know, Steven Tobolowski. Yeah, you know who that is. No, yeah, I didn't think so. Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Ned. Needlenose Ned Ryerson. Ned come on, buddy. Groundhog Day. Ah, uh, yes. You know what I'm talking about now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to sell him insurance? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Groundhog Day? Yes, I've seen Groundhog okay. Day. <laughs> Not Edge of Tomorrow, but Groundhog Day. Basically, no. <laughs> basically what would have happened is if Nick said no, Cody would just stop the show right now. and we You guys would have heard a thunk, and then you would have heard two voices from us. <laughs> <laughs> and then my dad, who's a biker, would have came in, who's down from New York. And was he, how him. would he have known? He's They're out driving around. There you go. <laughs> we have our ways. We do, we do. And speaking of... Having our ways, we're going to be telling you what we're reading. We have a couple of uh, kind of interesting casting news and kind of what we what we, we uh, see and how will we maybe change it up a little bit. But stay right here. What readings come up next? I'm down nerdy. What's up, everybody? It's Nick, and I'm out here at the Dave and Buster's Dave and Ghostbusters event today, presented by Tidewater Comic Con. The actually movie just ended. I'm standing out here with Adam, who had attended the event. Adam is also a cosplayer as well. So, Adam, first of all, what do you think of the event? This being your first time actually down in Virginia Beach, having just moved here. It was great. I had a really good time. Met some really nice people. I really enjoyed it. Okay, so the movie play was they showed us Ghostbusters. Now here's a question: If you were to apply for the Ghostbusters, what qualities and characteristics set you apart from every other candidate? Um, I would say that I have a very interest in uh, the paranormal. I always find anything like that very interesting. So you believe in the paranormal? So that's what you set you apart, just because you just believe? Yes, definitely. Any special set of Liam Neeson skills you might have? Hmm. Um. I can't say I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so out of, three, out of three major Ghostbusters, you know, Van- Vankman, Spangler, and uh, Ray, who would you idolize the most, and who do you think you are like the most? Um, actually, I would say more like Egon. Really? A bit more of the geek kind of guy. bit more of the geek, so why? Just because you're, you're more into the whole learning about the ghost in general, whereas with Ray is more eccentric and excited and 
Bill Murray's more of the smart ass, wisecracking kind of guy. Definitely, I, I'm more of the brain kind of person. So anything like that. So now they had the rumored Ghostbusters three movie come out. Now this, I don't know if it's going to cancel it or whatnot. But what would you like? If you were to do a third Ghostbusters, what would you like to see out of it? I would definitely like to see Rick Moranis come back and put Slimer in it more. He's my favorite of all of them. <laughs> Makes you want to grab an ecto cooler, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Well, Adam, thanks very much for stopping by, and uh, we'll look for you at uh, Tywar Comic Con October 18th. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. All right, we decided to do something a little bit different this week for what we're reading. So actually, you know, because I've been doing a lot of you know, Marvel, DC stuff. No, so. no, bullshit. You've been doing a lot of DC stuff. Oh, come on. I did Wolverine. Dude, have you seen what you're wearing right now? Superman hat, Batman Robin What is on our card? DC worshiper. All right, then shut up. That's <laughs> I'm supposed to be doing this. But I decided to go with a title that we've been talking about, what, for like weeks? Yeah, it's also a title we can't get anywhere. So I decided to say, screw it. I broke the golden rule, and I go ahead, went ahead and went and bought it digitally. Couldn't find it anywhere. I called. Cody's eyes were just like I open called. Wide. I wrote letters. I took horseback trails to find this thing, and nobody had it. You offer sexual I, I, services. I, I, I think I think you're you're full of shit on all that, right? So there. I <laughs> don't want to list all the places that I called because I would rather give props to Bob over at Fantasy Escape, and he got shortchanged on it, so it's not his fault. Not his fault. It's IDW's you fault. It. You still bought it. Digitally. You still bought it digitally. I had a credit. What do you want from me? <laughs> so anyway, we're talking about... How'd you get a credit? I buy another stuff digitally, huh? No. <laughs> they were sorry for something that they did to me, so they gave me a credit. They touched me sorry <laughs> for doing it, period. <laughs> but I went ahead and went with Winterworld, which we've been talking about for, what, a month? Yeah. Since the whole word came out about the Xbox series. Yeah. Now, this is the a new story, not necessarily the old Winterworld, by, but Chuck Dixon is still writing... This time, it's art by Butch Judice, so we're talking about not the Zafino Dixon classic, we're talking about a newer story, and the colors are actually by Diego Rodriguez. It's a very cool, very cool concept, it's the world is encased in ice kind of thing, that's really all you need to know, it's a survival story at its core, and it really starts out with this great visual and talking about how nobody remembers when the world wasn't this way, when it wasn't covered in ice, and you were actually warm, and you didn't have to fight for food, and it's just this, it's a, like a wide shot of this vast, just nothing but whiteness, and there's snow, and there's one person, one woman just standing there walking through the snow, and then like an avalanche happens, and she starts falling down, and it's, and it's a very Tomb Raider moment with the pickaxe, not oh, yeah. falling off the cliff kind of thing. But then it like jumps right into the story. Of course, the two main characters, if you know the story of Winterworld, it's Scully and Wynn. And it's basically a loner and a 14-year-old girl. And the old Winterworld, it was her trying to find her parents. That's kind of how they got together. So it's basically, it starts with them. They're stranded, their little Jeep that they have. And they can't get it started. So they realize that they have to walk. And one of the funny parts about this is, and I don't know if this was part of the original series or not, they have a pet badger. Which I thought was an interesting choice. And it's named Ra-Ra. A pet badger named Ra-Ra. Don't know why, but... I mean, I guess there wouldn't be many dogs or cats... But a badger. In, in the Arctic. Well, at first I thought it was just some random badger that showed up. But I they're not in the earlier. Arctic, are they? Well, it, theoretically. They're not technically in the Arctic, but everything... It's like the world looks, freezes yeah, over. The world is Antarctica right now. Okay, but there could still be dogs. There's wolves, but I'll get to that later. Um... So they're, they're walking, they're, 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 they just keep walking, and it was weird because 
they're walking, but and it seems like it's taking forever, but you're getting the byplay between the characters. Right. And she's basically your typical 14-year-old girl, and she kind of annoys him, but he... And he's gruff about it, but at the same time, you can you can tell that you know they just fit. Kind of like the professional. Yeah, exactly like the professional. <laughs> actually, it's very similar to that, where he tolerates her, but at the same time, he he cares about. You can tell mm-hmm. that he cares about her. So, and then he says something about it wasn't his idea to change his mind about going after her parents. So again, having not read the older version, because I thought this was, at first I thought this was just a re-release of the older version. So maybe there's something in the older version where she decides she doesn't want to look for her parents anymore. So there's that. So finally they end up coming across this abandoned battleship. This giant ship that just looks stuck in ice. So they're like, all right, let's go loot the battleship and find a place to go rest for a little bit. Now the, the, the thing that was interesting about this was that, is that Wynne finds a laptop. The girl finds a laptop. Right. <clears throat> and it's functioning somehow. And there's internet. I don't know how there's internet in Winterworld, but there's internet. And just as she's getting ready to go on their version of Google, they call it like Oogle or something like that. So, I don't know why. I don't know why. It's kind of random. But he keeps her from going on this computer. So, it's like, okay, what is it that he wants her to not see on this internet? Or what does he know? So, there's that whole little... He killed her parents. Yeah. Very well could be. Very well could be. And then they find this or huge... Or at least bang the mother. One of the two. He's her father. Yes. Yikes. That would be kind of crazy, right? postman. Yes. postman. So they find this gigantic military-style vehicle. It almost looks like a tank Humvee hybrid type thing that they find. The Batmobile? Yeah, <laughs> not, actually, it was a lot bigger than the tumbler, believe it or not. But so they jump in this vehicle, they grab ammo and supplies, and they head out. Now he pops in. Somehow he has a CD on him, and he pops in. No woman, no cry. And he's st- and she <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 not this again, not this again. And I guess that's a running joke in the series is this song, and she hates it and he loves it. And then she says, "I'm your woman, don't you think?" or something like that. And he's like, you're 14. So yeah. No. yeah, see, that's where I got worried about it. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't want to say so, anything at first. I yeah. was like, 14-year-old girl and a guy just kind of traipsing across frozen land. And, you know, there's just that night where we just get snuggled together to keep warm. And so like, they hmm. very much get that out of the way because he says, you're my little sister. They, okay. okay. That's they, the relationship. No, so he, so, so he, he family zoned her. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was a little, I was a little skeptical too at first. I'm like, wait a minute, please tell me this isn't going to go there because we're, yeah, there's lines. I don't care if the world is in ice or not. You be careful there's here. There's no lines. Just ask George R. R. Martin. Oh, yikes. Dianaris was 13 in the books. <laughs> <laughs> that guy doesn't know what a line is. You're right. But uh, basically, she considers herself a woman, even though she's 14, because she's been through all this stuff. And they drive. They see the smokestack in the g- distance, and they, they're driving towards it. But as they drive towards it, they run out of gas. Now, they grab gas canisters. You just got to keep refilling the Jeep. But then you see the shot in the distance, and it's basically this... You can see this almost like rebel band, of, like, this, like this gang or something. What the creepy part is, is they're wearing... Monkey skins, head and all, eyes cut out, just full, pulled over their head. It's very so creepy. they somehow stumble onto Tim Burns playing the ape set. It, uh, not quite. It's almost like they skinned Caesar and wore him. 
Again, they went to the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes set and put the Caesar costume but on. But it looked more like a monkey than an ape, though. You know what I mean? How there's, a, there's a difference there. It looked more yeah. monkey-ish than right. ape-ish. So that's why I said monkey. But they basically decide they want to... They see them in the distance and are like, screw this, we're going to go attack <clears throat> Scully and win. Say that again? Was the dude wearing yellow? No. Kill George. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the man no! yellow! <laughs> but they they bring they basically attack them with torches and they're on snowmobiles so they have the capability to go a little bit faster than a vehicle that just had gas put in it. So and they're throwing these flaming torches at the vehicle and one hits it and catches on fire. And at this point, Wynn is driving. The fourteen-year-old's driving while he's trying to fight these people off. And he's like, "What the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? You're driving us to a dead end." And she's just driving because she's scared to death, right? So then basically the first issue ends with them at a dead end. And the dead end is picture shipping containers, the giant shipping containers, yeah. stacked sky high. Like a giant wall. That's their dead end. So they've got nowhere to go against this group, and that's where it ends. It's terminus. So. Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> For those of us who don't watch The Walking Dead, we wouldn't get that reference. But millions well, of people they, do. That's yeah, so. what I was about to say. Uh, if you're not watching The Walking Dead, there's something wrong. Um, yeah, we like good television. But as far... I mean, the writing was definitely solid. The interaction <laughs> between him and the, and the girl, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Right. It wasn't action-packed because there was a lot of walking, a lot of searching. <laughs> it was like Lord of the Rings. Kind it was of a lot of walking. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of Lord of the Rings. Fucking trees walked in those movies. <laughs> um, the, the art was average. It's about what you'd expect right. from, an, from an independent book. But, you know, it was kind of consistent with the environment they were in. Everything looks kind of windswept and white because it's winter, damn it, and it's snowing and there's what snow What if this happens all like a Tony they, Montana they, dream? What if it's like Tony like, it wakes up and it's Tony Montana and he like wakes up in his house and he's got, it's just... The snow is just cocaine. It was just, that's all it was. I'm not sure that's where they're going with this. Yeah. Um, that's this a little is, weird. This, is, this, is, I mean, this it, isn't Winter Worldception. And this isn't uh, <laughs> Grand Theft, uh, this isn't Grand Theft Winter World. No. Or but, an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I mean, it definitely made me want to uh, to keep reading it, though, because it, it does, and plus now I have to find out what happens with them stranded and how they're going to get out of it. So Yeah, that. so uh, that's where it was. Now, now. I tried looking for it too. I couldn't read. I couldn't find it. I was like, okay, because when yeah, before, see, I was looking well, we were because for people who don't know, we were gonna both review it. This guy was gonna be our big review because it was just everything was leading up to it with the whole Microsoft uh, Xbox thing with the whole partnership. But I couldn't find it, and I actually have pride, and I'm not going to buy it digitally. Um, Screw you! I wanted to read it. <laughs> I will not sac. I would not sacrifice my own self worth for no, a copy. Was it worth it? Yeah, because it was free. <laughs> But it wasn't worth it. No. It was totally worth it. it was, I even tried to order it, and they were out. What the hell do you want me to do? But, but you bought it with the free credit, and then you, we asked you, was it worth it? And you're like, yeah, because it was free. It's, Not, it's yeah, because like, it was like, awesome. Dude, I grabbed Hot Fuzz out of the $5 bin, like, oh, I love these two. Let me see. And then it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't anything worth it that's free? Yes, it was worth it. I said I would keep reading it. What the hell are you talking free about? Free doesn't necessarily mean good. Well, of course not. So... Even if, but you still sold out. Okay, it was good. I will read it again. <laughs> it was worth it. Okay. Right, now speaking of, now for my my comics this week because we beat James. To Jesus that. Christ! We, 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 we he James has nothing that. to do with this. We beat James on having a shovel many many times, just like that video. Um, but uh, I did Deadpool versus Carnage. It was four four. The last um, issue came out. 
And, you know, of course, written by Colin Bond, and the art was by Selva Espin. Now, the art-wise, it's been pretty much the same through all four issues, which I will commend them for that, unlike something like Batman Eternal, where the art changes every week. They actually said, no, it was four issues, we're going to have the continuity there. So it was great. Now, issue three ended with pretty much Carnage and Deadpool in this, like, insane asylum, and they're just bailing it out. And Carnage is pretty much just like, that's it, he gets pissed and just severs Deadpool, like, pretty much chops him to bits, pretty much. And Deadpool's just lying there in pieces on the floor. Well, this dog, who's covered in symbiote, and uh, his name is Fane. Simba dog. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, somehow, he's, he's, he's kind of in contact with the symbiote. So it's, it's, it's Carnage's crypto. Pretty much. Look <laughs> out for that, but he's at shelter, boys and girls. But he ends up, like, there's like three different types of symbiotes that like attach to Deadpool, and Deadpool ends with the last panel is a full fledged panel of Deadpool as a symbiote. And it ends into number four. So number four starts off with their Shriek and Carnage are like taking over the, the the insane asylum. They're like, okay, we're gonna kinda test out some people and kind take hostages. Then all of a sudden you see Carnage gets shot right in the head with a sniper rifle and it's Deadpool in his form. And he's like, yeah, the symbiote's like help me my sight improves so I can shoot a fly from like 100 meters and stuff like that. He goes in half. It's kind of an extreme version of LASIK, don't you think? Pretty much. So anyways... So take in. So anyways... <laughs> Fane, so anyways, De- uh, Deadpool has Fange kind of by his side to kind of help him out. He goes, b- jumps through, attacks Shriek and Carnage and stuff like that. And Deadpool comes in, him and Carnage bailing out, back and forth, back and forth. Shriek runs off. And... So, so Deadpool, Deadpool runs off as well, and the next panel you see Carnage kind of like, okay, he's trying to locate Deadpool in this asylum, all the halls are dark, everything, and he sees what appears to be Deadpool, and, and he goes, I'm going to kill you, and he cuts it in half. Turns out it was Shriek. Deadpool took the symbiote and masked Shriek in it, and Carnage ended up mistaking Shriek for Deadpool and killed, he ends up killing Shriek, which is pretty badass. <laughs> I'm just I'm just picturing Deadpool as a symbiote. And I'm, I, I'll I, show you I, the picture. I just keep bringing up Spawn. I'll show you the, <laughs> without sh- the cape. Yeah, it kind of would be <laughs> almost. You'd think it would be similar, wouldn't you? <laughs> but anyways, so they go into this this big final fight. They just give everything they got, and it fast forwards. This is where it kind of left me on the fence because I'm like, okay, first you know act was good, second middle part of the book was great, the third part ah the ending because I'm like you know you think whenever there's verses in a film. Somebody's gonna be close to death or dead at least. Or at know. least there's gonna be this epic battle yeah. at the end. And it was a battle at the end, but I mean, it was more of like after Carnage kills Shriek, it's kind of like he's just distraught, just giving up, just giving up all hope. So the next, the last panel is pretty much, you know, the cops arrive and Carnage in a jail cell. He ends up turning himself in, and I'm like, really, you're gonna end with him in prison? And this is where I kind of think, okay, they're gonna expand the universe, they're gonna take over and stuff like that. Because the comic ends with, you know, or part of it ends with Carnage turning himself in, and his last words in the comic are, going to sit right here till I'm left alone, till my own, I'm my own man, and then dot, dot, dot. So maybe Deadpool takes on Carnage again. Maybe it's going to be an ongoing series. So the comic ends with Deadpool breaking the fourth wall, saying, who's next, pretty much. And that brings in Deadpool versus X-Force. Now, it's not tied in any way, but... You can see, like, okay, after seeing that, like, okay, this whole Deadpool versus thing, it's going to be just an ongoing it's thing. It's just a transition from yeah. one story into the other. And I read Deadpool versus X-Force this, uh, before you guys came over, and oh my god, it's amazing. It's pretty much, like, 
Deadpool, it starts off in the Revolutionary War era, and Deadpool's fighting on the side of the rebels, and he ends up time traveling. He has a uh, thing, he has a, a disc he got for so he can time travel, and he has a, ki- has a list of all these people he has to kill, and he's pretty much changing the time continuum. Like, he kills Cornwallis. It's like Deadpool, Assassin's Creed. But, but X-Force has to stop him because he's messing up. And the end of X-Force versus Deadpool versus X-Force issue one is Deadpool with the Southern... Uh, in the Civil War era with the South. He's fighting with the South. Huh, interesting. And he has the South pretty much got, uh, say, attack the X-Force. So it's pretty awesome. I've, I, like I said, the, the last issue, eh, but it was good up until the last ending. But then when you really think about it, okay, there's just an expand upon it. And like I said, it leaves it open where Carnage will get it out again and him and Deadpool will finally go at it. But I just have to say this, though. And I know it's a rarity because, you know, and I know it's kind of so you kill somebody off and then you can just bring him back. But I think I wish it had been better maybe if he had not maybe killed Carnage or Cleus Cassidy, maybe, maybe like extracted the symbiote from him and then like maimed him right. really bad or something like that. It just seems very un-Carnage-like to say, oh, well, I'm depressed now, so I'm going to give up and I'm going to go to prison because I just can't fight anymore. I mean, he's Carnage. He's supposed to be out of control and, and, may, and maybe one of Spider-Man's craziest foes and then against Deadpool, he just decides to turn it in because Shriek dies? It just seems it's, weird It's to weird, but I think it's all part of the plan. I just showed Cody what Deadpool looks like. Um, crazy looking. He says... Yeah, it's crazy. Look, look at. Could so, you imagine if he kept the symbiote though? I what that would have been like. That would have been crazy. That would have been amazing. But as I said, that's where I kind of confused because I saw okay, he's going up against X Force. So, but it's not connected. There's no way there's ties to it. Did at they all. explain how he got this disc to be able to time travel? Or did he yeah, just he got to it from. It? I can't think of the guy's name, but he got it from like his billionaire kind of guy. Okay, so he didn't just randomly show no, up with this time because, travel. Because well, because in the Dare, in the Deadpool in the regular Deadpool series, he steals Reed Richards's thing to teleport okay, through, okay. through time. That's how he's able to go back in time okay. and meet up with Dazzler in the seventies. Okay, as so long as it that's why I thought it was at, that's okay. why I thought it was at first. I can't think of the guy's name, but he kind of looks like Alfred in a sense. But he's like I, he's a, like a billionaire kind of a guy. You just know that sometimes you're reading you're reading a book and then there's somebody randomly shows up with something. And you're like, how the hell did he get that? Oh no! When I saw that because I was reading Deadpool, I'm like, oh, he's so it's connected to the older you know to the regular Deadpool issues. Okay, so as long as it's from a guy down at the pub, <laughs> as long as it makes sense that. He got it, and how he got it, then that's fine. No, but I mean, like I said, it was great. I'd go pick up Deadpool versus X Force because the way that it ends, where it's like they had to stop Deadpool because, like I said, he, he's on the next issue. He's in the Civil War. He's defending the South. So it's gonna be like if the South wins the war, how will the world end that way? So that's why the X Force had to go back. Yeah. Oh my god! They, they would almost—they would almost have to transition into a what if, if that's the yeah, case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because then they Deadpool can... versus Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> Deadpool versus Lincoln. They're like the oh. ultimate—the ultimate wrestling. That's match. no, there it is. It's 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 Deadpool versus Abraham Lincoln vampire. Comic. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln whips out the singlet and says, "Let's do this." Who did those comics? Uh, Deadpool versus Carnage. No, I know <laughs> what. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln Vampire Killer. I don't know. No, who does Deadpool? Uh, it was an it was an indie publisher. I think That's what it I might have been uh, might have been Dark Horse. I, I think it was Dark, Dark Horse. Horse. It was because there was a movie that came out. Yeah, um, the movie was actually really good. Ago. I was rather impressed. 
I did not see that movie. It was actually I because I was I was kind of like like it looked stupid uh, to me. Okay, that's Abraham why I didn't say Lincoln it. Vampire Killer, yeah. really? Yeah. And but when I actually watched it, I was like, this is actually pretty bad. It was the same thing with Hansel and Gretel. Right. I was like, that, I, that I, I don't know. That and I it was like, see. and I love the fact that they like made him a diabetic in Hansel and Gretel. I remember you telling me that. So before, great. Yeah. I was like. Yeah. That's genius to put that in there because they ate so much of the house there. He's a diabetic. That's awesome. So yeah. watch your sugar intake, kids. <laughs> when I'm done with this, I'm going to go get a bow. <laughs> so, Cody, is there any books you're reading or you want to get into? There's actually a book you said you wanted to get into. <laughs> we could go that oh, route. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the book I'm going to buy. I, I, I am uh, a notorious, as is 50% of America now, notorious binge watcher. Netflix is I my I think it would be more than that yeah. at that Probably, at this yeah, point. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, so I have been binge-watching uh, uh, How I Met Your Mother, which is the greatest sitcom it's, ever. It's so great. <laughs> By the way, they just did a, a study, and the most binge-watched show in America, Breaking Bad. Well, it should oh, be. Oh, yeah, it should be. Yeah, by That's by, not a sitcom. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not a sitcom. But I digress. Continue. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris wrote a book. Neil Patrick Harris's Choose Your Own Autobiography. Which is brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. You can, you can change what he did in his life. You can decide not to audition for Doogie Howser. You can, it, it, it's going to be, well, there's only one way to put it. There's going to be legend. Wait for Wait it. For it. I hope you're not. Wait for it. Lactose intolerant. Dairy. <laughs> no, but like we were talking about this before the recording. You're like, yeah, it's like if you make certain decisions, you end up like, and Dr. Slippery Rehab with Dr. Drew and stuff like that. Robert so. Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, no. It's, it's <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Wake up naked in somebody's apartment. You know, kind of that. But that's interesting because, like I said, we never really see. Like, this is the last picture your adventure book I read was the Goosebumps. But, like, the see, like, in a biography or autobiography, it's awesome. Yeah, it's genius because I, I used to – I was really big when I was a kid – I got really big into the uh, Young Indiana Jones Choose Your Own Adventures books. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. really into those. So this, I was like, and, you know, he's he's around my age. And, you know, so I was like, this is just freaking genius right here, man. It really he's is. He's a great, I mean, he's just awesome. Oh, yeah. If they had kept making the Dark Knight movies, I would have wanted him to be the Riddler so bad. Oh, my God. I think he would have been such an amazing Riddler. Oh, yeah. He, oh, God, yeah. He would be great. So, but, and they kind of, when they, when they, Thought they were going to make more before everything mm-hmm. happened. They decided to end it. That was the rumor that he was going to be the Riddler, and people were making fan posters and everything. I'm like, oh my make God, this that happen. Would be genius, oh yeah, dude. I mean, they can't. It's not like they he's can't. already got the pose with the holding the tie. You know, it's not like <laughs> oh, they yeah. can't still cast him as Riddler in the future. Because if you're reading Zero oh, yeah. Year for Batman, what they're doing with the Riddler in Zero Year is unbelievable. So speaking of Zero Year, we're, that's going to do it for what we're reading. Coming up next, oh God, we're going to talk about something that should. Just just been a complete zero and just never could have been a, a creation. Buckle up, kids. We're going to talk about and review, spoiler-filled review, even if it really is a spoiler because it's just whatever, Transformers for Age of Extinction. Stay tuned. Fun. Yay. Down Nerdy coming up next. What's up, everybody? This is Nick from the Down Nerdy Podcast. I'm here out here with Blair and Matt, who I had the pleasure of seeing next to at the Dave and Ghostbusters event presented by Tidewater Comic Con. First of all, guys, what did you think of the event overall? Oh, my God, so much fun. I was so thrilled at how many people came out to see it. Yeah, it was a great turnout, just really positive energy in there. Can't wait till they do it again. Okay, so now I had Adam on earlier, who we also sat with, and he was. And I had asked him this question. I said, if you were applying for the Ghostbusters, what, <laughs> what characteristics set you apart from any other candidate? 
Oh no no! See, I'm 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 gonna be Annie Potts sitting in the office because I down in my soul am just a big pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ain't happening. I'm gonna be nervous just putting on the pack. Wait, Hanson, to get Dr. Inga on here. Hey, it's a paying gig. I will do it. I need money. So, but man, what what but what characteristics, Matt, set you to make you think to be the perfect Ghostbuster? I've got to say. Very interested in the mysterious. <laughs> gotta find it, gotta solve it. Might shit my pants, but I'll still <laughs> <laughs> And you are tall enough to uh, carry the proton bag. There you go. Yeah. There's that bonus. There's yeah. that, there's that bonus. <laughs> the you're not, you're the, not broad, scr- the broad shoulders. <laughs> you're not scrawny like Rick Moranis either, so. <laughs> but, um, okay, so out of the three main Ghostbusters, uh, Vankman, Spangler, and Ray, who do you idolize the most and who do you see yourself most as? Well, I'm Egon, absolutely. I am a nerd. And I am a little too smart, and people don't understand me most of the time. <laughs> Egon wannabe Bankman. Egon wannabe Bankman. Yeah. Okay, if I had to choose one, I'd probably be Bankman because I'm just a, such a well, smart absolutely. ass. Yeah. I mean, we sat like for like two hours just laughing. I'm just like <laughs> cracking off jokes left and right. Yeah. But no, um, so is how seeing how Taiwan Khan, you know, this is the second annual mm-hmm. one, October 18th. We're gonna be there. Don Nuri's gonna be there. Yeah. Um, you guys said you're gonna be there. Yeah, we're gonna have a booth. We we run a small little business called Super. Lampshades. I completely yeah. forgot. We've changed the names like three different times. We make superhero and nerd lampshades made from scratch. Everyone is unique and custom. Yeah, you showed me some. They were actually yeah. pretty nice. She's like, we take old comic books yeah. and certain pictures and put them together. It's it's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, go follow them on Facebook, Super Lampshades. Um, so, like I said, you see somebody like Tywar Comic Con, somebody like Mike Federale. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the second annual one coming up October 18th, yeah. like I said. What does it mean to you as somebody who lives in the Tywater area to see somebody like this take this initiative and say, you know, we're not just going to be one of those cons that comes around once or twice a year and then the rest of the year we're just going to ignore everybody, kind of ignore the community. Yeah. What is it? What what does it mean to you to see somebody you know be invested in the community as much as Mike is? Well, I think for us, this is a, a different type of social situation, and not to put our local shops down because I do love them. They deal mostly with if you want to be social in in our two local shops, you need to play magic or you need to play D anD D or and we tabletops and we don't. Not that we we don't have an opinion on them, we just don't play them. And this is such an awesome way to get together with like-minded people and to socialize and to have this experience and we don't normally get to do it yeah exactly i mean a lot of times i mean a lot of my family really loves sports that kind of stuff i like sports i like comic books i like (laughs) movies a lot more so it's really cool to be able to hang out with a lot of people with common interests and just have fun i mean tonight was a perfect example of like you said this is a con that it's not just the convention itself it's a community of people coming together with a shared interest i love it so as he said that batman's gonna be the next movie yes yes, and you actually rooted for lady and the tramp i am a girl Touche. <laughs> For argument's sake, I, I was a little into the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's I, I was, but then when he said Batman, I'm like, well, wait, it's got to be the Keaton one. He's like, in 1989, yeah. Batman, and everybody's went nuts. Now, last thing I'm going to talk about before yeah. I let you guys go, um, when Snape Puff came on the screen, yes. the entire restaurant was applauding <laughs> yeah. and cheering. Thoughts? Well, I mean... It's a given that this is going to happen. If you are a fan of the movie, that is one of your childhood toys. I know I had the action figure. 
Plus, who doesn't love marshmallows? <laughs> Especially ones that attack you. It's so great. I mean, they're so tasty and big and fluffy, yeah. and I just want to <laughs> eat them all up. <laughs> well, guys, thank you very much for, for taking the time out to be interviewed Absolutely. on here, and be sure to check out the show. And also, like I said, we're going to be broadcasting live from Taiwan Comic Con okay. on the 18th, so come by, stop by our booth, and yeah, take, be absolutely. part of the show. Absolutely. Well, we will definitely be stopping by and say something profane into the microphone. Yes. <laughs> that's, what, that's what broadcasting is all about. But, guys, thanks again for stopping by, and have a great night. Thank you. Thank you. Transformers, not more than meets the more eye. More like franchise that's in demise. Yeah, franchise and demise is definitely right. Because now, before you start uh-huh. with your rant, because I know that you need to do... Oh, that's what that pissed me off last week that I got a rant about. Here's the deal. You know, you guys know me, and anybody that's listened to the show knows that I am the constant optimist, give anything a chance. You know, I'll find something good about pretty much anything, and... I spent a lot of time trying, and I, I can't. I just can't. So, see, see like, what really upsets me is is that when on last week, last week I posted on the page that I'm not. I wasn't looking forward to seeing Transformers and stuff like that, and the, and, we're, and I got a bunch of tweets and posts and people saying, "Well, you know, well, if you don't want to go see it, then don't do. It. Then go go see it. If you're if you're that upset about having to see it, and now here's the thing: we do these reviews. Because even if there's a shit movie, we still do them because it's bringing you guys entertainment. And I'm not, and I'm most people where I hate people who bash movies they've never seen. Yeah. So I'm like, if I'm gonna bash Transformers, I'm gonna bash it even because I and talk and know what I'm talking. Yeah. About. If you didn't see the movie, and, shut your mouth. And, I, and, and before we even did this podcast, I bashed the trailer. So yeah. But, well, but, you can you can <laughs> you can you can bash what you saw. But, but even before I did this podcast, I used to do audio reviews for movies, and there were times where I even said, "Hey, I wasn't looking forward to seeing this movie, but I walked out of the theater and ended up loving the movie." Yeah, so that, I mean that, that can that, happen. That, that can happen. That can happen. But when and people, but people, I never I haven't seen Maleficent. Okay, keep talking. But people, <laughs> <laughs> but people, I get my review of that later. But, but people were just like, "Oh, don't go see it." It's like this is our job. This is what we yeah. do. And it's like, and I'm sorry, but when you've had three shit piles of Transformers films, it's hard to go into the fourth one optimistic. Like, going to, I said, okay, maybe there's just a tiny 0.0005% chance of optimism in the back of my head. But going into this, I'm like, oh, God, this just sucks. And I know Michael Bay said people go see it. Yeah, because A, the namesake, it says Transformers on the front of the marquee. B... It's you know you have the kids out there they want to go see it they want to see shit blow up so is every other guy I'll just, be honest that was the only one of the only reasons I would I wanted to go see it. I wanted to see the Dinobots and I just wanted yeah, to see stuff blow up. Yeah, and speaking of the Dinobots, yeah, wait for you know, this whole movie was set up on oh my god we're gonna have Dinobots. They don't show up until two hours and fifteen minutes yeah, into the movie. Yeah, they tease them in the beginning with that geologic discovery and then they don't show up for another two hours. No, and you, then when they do show up, it's like wait a minute. So they're just here now, randomly. There was no why they're here. Yeah, I mean they were on that they were on that ship, and the, they just randomly yeah. show up. But they don't give any explanation of how they just, came to be but, at all. But it was just like, so I started beginning the film. That's my that's my rant. On it. So like I said, and people are saying, "Oh, you're biased," but I'm like, it's hard to not go into a film biased when you've had terrible preludes to it. That in the trailer showed Grimlock as Optimus Prime's bitch. Yeah. No. We will. We well. Let's just. Let's go talk for, about that now. Let's just talk about that now. So Grimlock, as we all know, is in the movie. However, in the movie, 
Optimus is like, we need help. We need backup. And they just randomly show up out of a cave, too, by the way. Yeah. That, that was the other thing. It's like, they, look they what get I them, found. So they're cave-dwelling they Dinobots. They get yeah. them off the ship, but then they just randomly come out of a cave where they were just, what, chilling out until Optimus came to get yeah. them? That was another and weird the, thing. And the entire, you guys wait here. And it, but when he, <laughs> I'll kick your ass in a minute. And when, Hold he, on. But when Optimus finds them, they're in their transformer, for, they're in transformation stuff, they're not in their dino form, and they're just, like, mindless... Fucking creatures. They don't speak They don't either. speak at all. No. But here's the thing. He basically says, we need your help. And then they are resistant to that. So then they decide to, well, Grimlock does, decides to battle Optimus Prime. And Optimus says, you can either, they, you know, and there I say battle. It was very one-sided. Optimus yeah. pretty much I mean, took, you saw in the trailer. Grimlock to task. I mean, you saw the whole fight in the trailer when he knocked. That's, that's pretty much the whole thing. So then it comes down to, he says, you can either fight with me or die. And he's like, I'll free you guys. I'll give you guys your freedom. I want to give you So what does he do when he says, I can free you guys? He ends up getting on top of Grimlock like he's his bitch. And just and pretty much uses Grimlock oh, as a pet. Free them from what? That's what I was just going to yeah. say. That's what I was just... They're already off the ship. He's already given them their freedom. If they want to, they can take off. And who was, hold, wait, who was holding Dinobots as captives? Nobody! Well, then, what the fuck? No, there was a ship. I can't remember the... the it was the guy... It was the Transformer that was working for the government from oh, the yeah, yeah. quote-unquote builder planet. This guy came from the planet where the Transformers were built originally. And he's helping the government hunt down... Autobots and Decepticons to get the Transformium, which we'll get into that. Yeah. Transformium? No, 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 no. I don't want to start that now. We'll get to that. But they, the Dinobots were on this ship, and they were freed when the Autobots came to free Optimus Prime, who was captured as well. So that's how the Dinobots got freed originally. They don't say Who's how... Who's Optimus Prime? So this, this other Transformer I Judas is holding them captive? Pretty much. Pretty much. He comes... At, how, he's, he's looking for Optimus Prime the whole time. That's his goal. He, he, made, he made a deal with the government. I'll give you the seed, which is a bomb that can make... that you detonate it and it basically encases everything in the same metal that the Transformers were made from. They mine it and can use it to create their own... Yeah. And the lockdown is the transformer that works for the government. That's the name of him. Okay. Lockdown. Yeah. The and bounty hunter oh, transformer. Way, and by the way, and he transforms into what a Porsche or something a like that. Lamborghini. No, not a Lamborghini. That's but, right. no, no, but mind you, now here's the thing: lockdown's in it. But lockdown, what's the best part of lockdown as a character? Like in the like in the, before the movies, he's a bounty hunter transformer. Where when he kills a transformer, he takes their parts and puts it onto him. There's none of that in this movie. Was he part of the Transformers animated movie? I don't remember. Remember the one from back yeah, in the eighties? I don't think was so. Was it him? I don't remember. Oh, but I, all I know is that, like, I think it was a comics or whatever. But he had this thing where he would, when he would kill a transformer or whoever, he would take like one of their parts and just attach it to him, and he'd be like ever building and on, uh, always building, tra- uh, bounty hunting transformer. So where where did they get the Dinobots from? Were they just on there was no, what well the, the beginning in the movie you see, <laughs> and this is what drives me crazy. Can we do, can we do one extinction extinction movie that has nothing to do with dinosaurs? Just it doesn't have to originate with the dinosaurs. Other things have gone. It was extinct. pretty much like this. It, the, the Dinobot. It doesn't say where they came from. It just says that the the, the Transformers, the or whatever the creators or whoever, like 
when the age of the dinosaurs came down and pretty much just destroyed Earth. Yeah, they and, dropped and, and, they and, dropped the seed, which is the thing that turns every organic matter into. So a, they were the reason for the dinosaurs yes, being. Yes, yes, that's where they went, and that's right in the beginning of the movie where I went really. Really? We're yeah. going to do this? And okay. then it comes to the point where... And then it comes to the point where, like, the Transformers... Fast forward, Transformers are being hunted down after the whole events in the third by one Kelsey Chicago. Gr- by Kelsey Grammer. By, by Kelsey Grammer. Um, and they're being hunted down and all this stuff. And then the whole Transformium thing, KSI, uh, the head of KSI... Stanley Tucci's Stanley character. Tucci's character yeah. is pretty much like... And this is what, this was, this is what I said, James, in the, when the trailer came out, I said... It's gonna be one of those movies where I say we don't need the Transformers anymore, and when we're gonna, and what happens? We're gonna build our own, and it's just gonna go terribly wrong, and it fucking does. Here's the thing that bugged me about Stanley Tucci's character. He was kind of like the evil inventor, yeah, in the beginning, and then as the movie goes on, he turns into change of heart, change of heart, and then he turns into this complete manic pansy. Yeah, towards the end of the movie, it's very weird. You know what I'm talking about? It's yeah. very weird. How he turns into like the and then what was with the scene where he's on the roof in that in, when they're in China he's yeah. on the roof he's drinking this weird Chinese milk out of a yeah. out of a juice box looking thing yeah and then he sees the ship uh, lockdown ship coming and, into China and people who think that our reviews all over the place well that's how this movie is it's all over the place yeah I mean this thing felt like it had like nineteen different storylines going like the, you mentioned the woman in the beginning this movie starts off in like Antarctica the Arctic Circle and this woman who's a geologist they find the, the this frozen Dinobot nothing's known about her we don't really even get her name don't know where she's from and then we go to Mark Wahlberg's character Kate Yeager you who's have- who's this this you know, guy who's his inventor kind of a dude, and he finds Optimus, and his character fucking sucks because he's they, a, they had a joke in here that they drove trial pile drive. Now his daughter Tessa's boyfriend uh, Shane, uh, he he is this Irish race car driver. He's a he's a drifter. He's a drifter. So that's the he, Mark Wahlberg the entire time calls him Lucky Charms, just trying to get a joke. First time people started, you know, they laughed. Second, third, twentieth time, no laugh. It's just like really, you can't write anything better than this. I just I didn't laugh at all because I don't think Lucky Charms is an original joke. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's been done. I mean, come on. It's, but it's just like it's like. It just makes no sense. This movie's just all over the place. I thought, and that also people and people and one of the main people's fans' problems is, oh, Optimus Prime, somehow how he wants to kill humans. Well, yeah, if your best friends are being hunted after you've helped them for years and they're being d- d- destroyed by the humans, what you kind of want to get, take a couple of humans out who are responsible for it? I'm just saying. It's funny to me because it, it seemed like Cade Yeager, uh, his character, was a poor man's Doctor Emmett Brown. He was. It was really kind of, it's, you know, like the inventions that don't work out ever, which is funny because still at the end of this movie, he did not have an invention that worked out. No. Not one damn thing. Now he did grab the, the KSI sword. tech. <laughs> that, no, he also grabbed and, the, the, the sword gun. <laughs> yeah. What was that about? I don't know what the hell that, that was. That thing looked bigger than him sword and he was gun. able to, yeah. yeah. It was on the, it was on lockdown ship. Yeah, and it was alien weapons, which were ten times the size of a normal human, but they made somehow to find the one you could carry. You can carry. Yeah, my childhood has been shot in the taint with a fifty cal. 
<laughs> I mean, I wrote down a whole bunch of notes here. And, and did you buy Wahlberg as the daughter of a teenager at all? Because I didn't. Well, daughter of a Wait, teenager? Wahlberg's I mean, the, the father of a teenager. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, well, he's, he's like he's 90. Like, yeah, no, it doesn't. I don't care how old he is. He just, it didn't friggin' work. He didn't seem like the dad of a teenager. Well, mind you, he's I didn't my, buy well, it. Well, mind, mind you, he's, he's supposed to be a Texan and he has a Boston Wait, accent. What? Yes. It's, 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 it's set in Texas. Yeah, it's in Texas, dude. Okay, it said Texas, fine. So he's supposed to be a Texan? Yes. Yeah. There was just... Oh, it wasn't... It, it was 45 minutes too long. Did he go, too, feel it, me. feel it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, that might have actually been funny if he did do that. It would have been great. Um, they just... They failed miserably in so many areas. Miserably. Like, like the whole uh, Wahlberg and Stanley Kubrick <coughs> trying to connect them. Oh, yeah, he's like, he's like, inventors. and Wahlberg, and this is, and Wahlberg gets him by saying, "I know you're a good man, you're an inventor, we're good people." It's like, no, there's Doc. You ever heard Doctor Wiley and Doctor Eggman? Those are fucking men well, who are good inventors I, but I horrible people. Do, I do want to thank you guys for saving you ten dollars. Yes, and twenty for when the movie comes out on DVD. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for that. Because but I'm here's not the thing, and piece of shit. And I mentioned the optimism I had going in because I'm like, okay, there's no more Shia LaBeouf. It's kind of like doing their yeah. own thing. Okay, but nope, it's the same regurgitated shit that we get. Here's the funny thing too is, the boy. you mentioned the boyfriend. One minute he's Mr. I'm going to save my girlfriend and then the next minute it's like, no, let her be picked up in the giant yes. wouldn't, it be the more like, wouldn't it be more like uh, I'm going to go save my girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was, a, it was a terrible accident. It was terrible. Was it really? It, it, it really was dipping was. in and out. Of it was bad. It was dipping in and out. But I just, I find that interesting. She's stuck in this giant net in an SUV and it's being... In a giant in a net. In a net. I can get... Cody can get you through the You can get through it. So he's like, Mark Wahlberg's up say. there saying, saying break fat. the glass, break the glass. And then he's trying to pull him away like, no, let her be put up into the giant ship and killed. It's like, dude, do you love her or not? One second, you're like, let's save her. Oh, it's my girlfriend. Speaking of that, she's 17 in the movie, and her boyfriend's like 20-something. And they made it, and they made a whole thing of like the Romeo and Juliet laws where they can be together and stuff like that. Yeah, which is a law in Texas. And they apparently. made it. Uh, oh, he just happened to be carrying out a card laminated with the law on it in his yeah. wallet? I mean, what the hell is that? Now, Cody's from Texas, so, I mean... I, You're a Houstonian, I, yeah. so... I don't know about that law. Um, it might be there. I don't know. I, I When I was 17, I wasn't banging any 20-something-year-old dudes, so I don't know. Um, I don't know how we haven't gotten to this part of the movie yet. Let's talk no. about Gal- Galvatron for a Okay. Second. Galvatron's in it. So... Okay, so how is continue it possible? To, first of all, beat the shit out of my childhood. KSI <laughs> is building Galvatron. That's yeah. my first point. By using Transformium. Which, by the way, when you're made of Transformium and you, and you transform, you pixelate and then become whatever it is you And mind you, into. for these, for these Transformium. Wait, what? I'm yeah, not kidding. Pixelate you pixelate and, and then you transform. So they don't transform. No. no. They pixelate. No. That's problem number one. With Galvatron. No, no, no. Number one is there's, you don't need a fucking spark for these things. That's how Transformers run. They need a spark. They Apparently need a soul. Apparently not Apparently for these they ones. Don't. Uh, but we all know that from the cartoons that Galvatron does not transform into a truck. No. Yeah, he transforms into a semi. Because they're modeling him after Optimus Prime, but he has the face of Megatron. Yes. He's a fucking gun. By the way, <laughs> Megatron is pulling the strings. His brain is... Making all of these things happen, where the humans think they're in charge, but really Megatron is in because, charge. Because they're like, "Oh, you're making these new quote unquote transformers." Because they're using Megatron's using, brain, quote unquote. Yeah, and you're using all these Decepticon parts, and it's like, 
Oh god. And and mind you the marking in this too, the part where Tucci has a, the the beats pill and he just has to the screen, it's like Dude, like the the Victoria's Secret bosses. Well, those they blow those up actually that, that actually happens. They actually do have. I'm not kidding. They actually do have those buses in. Uh, well, I know they China. have the buses, but wait, it nice product placement there, and then the Bud Light. Well, truck. I mean, well, I mean, and then well, Mike Wahlberg takes a break from fighting to chug a Bud Light right in front of the camera. Good because product that's placement, what, that's guys. That's what Texans from Boston do. No, but it was <laughs> it's like it was like a cheesy Coke commercial where all right, let me stop well, what I'm doing to chug as a far Coke as, close up right on the as, camera. As Coca Cola. As far as the scene, you know, with the Victoria's Secret. I mean, Michael Bay was a photographer for Playboy, so I mean, he also yeah, I don't he also care did, he that also they used it. Of... I'm just saying the product placement was so oh, yeah. obvious. But that's, in, in this movie. but that's in today's film that you have product placement. Just, he he also was, did all uh, they had the first, meatless videos. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but I mean, that's, I mean, you've seen the first Transformers where they had a Mountain Dew machine transform into Decepticon. It's like, well, I mean, first off, you want to talk about product placement. I mean, yeah, you know, with the first one, uh, yeah, GM, yeah, we're here, yeah, and yeah. so are all your Transformers. Yeah, really? What? There was a, a VW in there somewhere, wasn't there? Yeah. <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Um, tape player, cassette player, um, Shockwave, Shockwave. Shockwave. What is he now? MP3? See? Yeah. What the hell? They need the cassette player in there just to do it. So here's the other problem I had. When, when first of all, Galvatron pusses out at the end of the movie. Yeah. He just disappears. And he's so like, he goes from a badass to, oh, I would be back to get you, Optimus Prime. Standing it's like you were nowhere in the fight. I'm like, dude, where the hell were you when they were fighting over here? You're supposed to be the leader and you're up on a hill going, I will get you. What the hell is that? And mind you, towards the end of the movie, Optimus Prime flies. Since when? Yeah, and then... Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, 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 let's back up for a second. So, all these Transformers that are part of Galvatron's army... Yeah. Now, remember, they can transform into anything because of Transformium. So, he says, climb my my Decepticons. They're climbing up a building. I'm like, just transform into a friggin' helicopter and fly up there. Why are you making them climb up the building? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You could transform into a rocket and get there faster. Why are you climbing up the building? It doesn't make so any sense. Okay, so I, I, I got this. I, I didn't get that at first with the transforming. They can transform into anything? Anything. Yes. Because when Stanley Tucci's showing Blondie about transforming him, first he transforms into the Beats pill, and then a gun. A gun. He transforms into a Beats pill. Yes. yes. And he pulls the Beats pill up to the camera. Yes. Like, Again, huh? replacement. Huh? Beats by Dre. It was that that I know there's product placement movies, but it was almost like they're shoving it in your face. Yes, it was very blatant. Now it's usually su- it's usually subtle. Yeah, this was blatant. That's what I was. That's the point I was trying to make earlier with the bus and the Bud Light. So it, it was it, the whole movie was kind of like the scene from Wayne's World. Yes, like, kind yes, of. Yes, yes, it's a choice that's of exactly what it was like. <laughs> but know? I decided at the end of this movie that there's one thing that is screwing up Transformers movies worse than Michael Bay. And it's humans. Yeah. We don't need humans in a Transformers movie. Don't need it. But the thing is, too, is like, Albus Prime, when he flies away with his jet boosters on his feet, I don't know how the hell that happens, but he's like, I'm searching for the creators. It's like, well, wait a minute. Back when you found the Dinobots, you said that they were the creators. Remember that? Did you catch that line? Yeah. And he said, he's like, when everybody's like, oh, really? We gotta have these guys help us? And he goes, goes, well, these are like our creators. And he's like, and and the end, he goes, he's fine. Whoever created me, I'm coming for you. It's like, you just fucking had them. And it's funny because he's speaking to them in this weird, like, robot language that just suddenly pops up with no explanation, too. 
which is like the language of the Dinobots or wherever they came from. It's just very weird. And can, but I, and can I say this too? There's a, a, an Asian Transformer Autobot in this movie. And Michael Bay, I know, I don't know what it is with him and race. This one, the chi- the, the Asian Transformer has a yellow fucking face. Which, I'm, that's like Power Ranger training the Yellow Ranger shit right there. It, that, it didn't bother me that much. Still, it it's like, it I mean, there were so many other things to be bothered about in this movie. I didn't care about that at all. I, I Maybe I should have. I don't know. Yeah, it's you're just, a racist. It's just, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That was a joke. He's not a racist. He's I don't not know. Racist. But I mean, white people. the only <laughs> the only hope that these movies have is that maybe the next one will be fought on another planet without people. That's or or may, maybe maybe this is the one time I'm gonna say this. Maybe being the way things are going nowadays, somebody will take it and reboot this shit and do it right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is I think Michael. I think this is his last Transformers. I think they're going with a new director in the next one, or I don't know. I've heard I don't, something. They need to start back know. from the beginning. Yeah. This is all right. So I gotta ask this: Does Optimus Prime turn into anything but a freaking semi? No, no. Good. Okay. That's wait. One reading. Wait. He starts first of all. He's beat up and he. That's his original form. That was his original he's, form wait, before he takes the truck. That's that's my problem. They're driving and he's basically a bucket of rust because he's been sitting. In oh yeah, that's nothing. And then he was driving on the no. street and then another truck drives by and then all of a sudden this little beam comes out and on the truck that drives by them and he just starts shedding his skin and becomes this brand new truck somehow. Like in the first one. But no, here's the thing too. Okay, How does that happen? He's this old rusted truck, Cody. You know where they find him? In the fucking movie theater. In the random movie theater. It's just a big fucking semi in the middle of an abandoned yeah, movie theater. Yeah, he's going to find... Uh, Mark Wahlberg's character is going to find basically scraps that he can fix up and sell off in this movie theater and he just happens to see a giant truck in the side of the movie theater that somehow got in there. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, it was very random. The whole... That actually describes the movie very well. It was very random. It's like there was 19 different ways this movie could have gone and he didn't know. So overall, fuck this movie. Um, <laughs> Michael Bay, I know people... This thing is like, I understand people are going to go see it and Michael Bay is right about that but it's like, dude, like... As a director, you know, that's why this is another thing too that upsets me. When you, you know, when you, this is his first like franchise. Everything else was like one-off movies and stuff like that, except for if I count Bad Boys, okay. Yeah, I only did two of those. But the thing with Michael Bay is, and what any director is, when you have a franchise, okay, say for instance, one movie's bad. It's a director. Don't you kind of want to improve every movie to show I, people you know that you what's don't funny? Suck? I don't think he cares. I really don't. No. I think he's in it to make a quick buck. And and leave. I think that's all he he's, really he's wants. He's basically saying people love Transformers, so they're going to see it anyway. They're going to see it anyway, and I'm just going to make the movie I want. Yeah. Fuck you, Michael. It, the, it, it, Fuck you. Up it almost gets ass. to the point where he says, "I'm going to make this as ridiculous as possible, and see if I can still get people to go see it." The producers. This is this is Michael Bay springtime for Hitler. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You think more of a flop than a hit? So I don't understand <laughs> yeah. why. I mean, I don't know what jaded him at some point to make him I say, "Screw know. the American public, I'm going to do what I want." But that's kind of what he's done. Well, I mean, that's our take on Transformers. I hope you have listened. You know, listen to this. I hope you kind of, we've kind of deered you away from seeing it because it's. I mean, if you want to see it and destroy your childhood, that's fine. By the way, if you did see it and you found anything good about it and you disagree with us. 
We would love to hear what you have to yes, say before it, we beat you senseless. Because <laughs> I, 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 need to, I need to speak to one person that knows the Transformers that like this movie that's yeah. above the age of 18. Yeah. And can see past the fanboy. That's the thing to do. The guys are important. You gotta right. be a and, fan, but not right. be like, oh, it's trans. Cause I know somebody like that who's a big Transformers fan, but even no matter how bad they are, he's like, oh, they're the best movie ever. It's like, dude, they're not. You gotta be able to, you know? See, yeah, like I I'm a big Spider Man fan, but I don't like new Amazing Spider Man movies. <laughs> I, I can say that. But that come, that's gonna do it for our review of Transformers, Yay, Age of Extinction. <laughs> Cody hopefully can rebuild whatever's left of his childhood. Um, but coming up next in nerd news, we have a great new plan. DC's rolling out new casting being made in Doctor Who and a couple other neat, interesting stories. So stay tuned. Nerd news coming up next. All right, boys and girls, nerd and nerdettes, it's time to take a trip around the interwebs because it's time for what, James and Cody? Nerd news. Nerd news. <laughs> My bad. We're gonna do it as a round. Yeah. <laughs> nerd news. Nerd news. <laughs> and the first um, story, James, really has made all of our writer friends and and all of our artist friends very very happy. And we actually reached out to some of them, and we've got nothing but positive vibes because DC has decided to implement a new creator payment plan. And I'm not going to read you the whole email, but they sent out an email from uh, Dan Dan Ditto and uh, Jim Lee to all their creators saying, look, this is what we're going to do. We've got a new plan for royalties. And they actually refer to it as participation in in the plan. And mind you, this this new payment plan has been implemented since the first of this month. Yeah, and it's going to be based on a book's net revenue through various distribution channels, including digital. For the first time, they're going to factor digital in more than they have in the past because before they were getting flat rates for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and the uh, covers, if you yeah. just work on a cover, there's going to be more royalties for that now as well. And also the best part is colorists, inkers will receive royalties. Well, colorists... Finally, yeah. because they weren't getting yeah. any royalties. So now finally, our they're going to get credit for their work. Well, our, friend Mark, our friend Mark Deering, when we first posted this on our page, <laughs> Tracers. our friend Mark Deering, when we first posted this on the page, he was like, his remember his, his when he yeah. responded to it, he says, happy dance, doing a happy dance. Yes, so yes. congratulations As an inker, by the way, he's yeah. not even a colorist, so inkers are, are stoked about this too. Plus, they're going to get paid direct deposit now, mm-hmm. so that's going to help. And they basically said... In the letter, this gives them a chance to flexibly sell their material in new distribution channels that have different pricing models. Because, you know, some of those digital first things they have coming out, they're 99 cent issues. And it's basically one issue spread out into four pieces on the digital first, like uh, Batman 66, Mm -hmm. uh, Injustice Year 2, stuff like that that DC does. So they're going to factor that kind of stuff in, digital sales and physical sales together. Now, I think that this is a... Huge step in the right direction oh, of course. for artists that work their asses off. Oh yeah, and should get these royalties. And I just don't. I don't understand what's taking so long. But you know, bravo to DC for finally well, making the move. Well, not just yeah. this. And I mean, you know, when we when we tell people like, yeah, we're friends with artists and stuff like that that work in the comic book industry, and people are like, oh, you just get paid to draw. It's like, no, there's deadlines. Like you have to, and even when you're you can be the best artist available. You're going to have two, three times you're going to have to redraw something. Yeah, like Matt Slay yeah. missed uh, Virginia Comic Con recently because he was behind on, well, he said he was behind on some of the work for Icarus that he's been doing, his the graphic novels yeah. work. Yeah. He said, otherwise, I'd have never missed Virginia Comic Con. These guys are under the gun. I mean, burning the midnight oil, mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. And, you know, some of them work digitally. Some of them are still working pen to paper kind of thing to do their art. So... I mean, you have to have a great respect for these guys oh, and yeah. what they do. I mean, 
you open a comic, some people take for granted this stuff doesn't just spontaneously form on the page. No. There are guys that are working panel for panel, detail for detail on this stuff. That's just that, but it's also, if you're just an artist and you're just drawing, you're just a drawer, you draw an image and you have something to color in the anchor, and it's like, okay, they have to get what kind of tone. The, the artist is going yeah, for. Yeah, it goes from, from penciler to inker yeah. to colorist. I mean, there's a lot of steps there that need to get right. I mean, you could have great pencils and good inks and bad colors. That's happened before. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's very important. And they actually said that part of the reason for doing this and was that uh, they said that not doing this in the past, uh, DC's lack of royalties granted to colorists actually made it excessively difficult to secure the best colorists on DC Project, and that was from a veteran DC artist, that quote. Right. So maybe now, this gives them the chance to bring in better colorists, and then, and they do have some good ones. I'm not going to sit here and say that no. know, DC's had crappy a lot color of, A lot of DC stuff I've read, and the art has been phenomenal. So yeah, I mean, I mean the art great. is very Except good. Except for that one issue of Batman Eternal, but other than that, it's all been great. Right, exactly. And also part of this was the move, DC's actually moving their operations from New York City to Burbank, California, to join the administrative and digital Which portions, is smart. Which is very smart. Let's get all of our eggs in the same basket and get things moving the way they're supposed to be moving. Exactly. I mean, this is a great thing. Like I said, the you know, I worked in Burbank, and when I worked Fox Sports, and it was, it's a great area because right next to Fox Sports, what do we have? We had NBC. We had Warner Brothers. I worked right next door to Warner Brothers. I got off the bus, and there's Warner, the Warner Tower standing and, right at me. And guess what? Now DC will be closer to Warner Brothers exactly. as well. So this is probably not just to do with the comics. And I'm guessing at Comic-Con, we're going to get a big announcement from DC and Warner Brothers. I, more than one. I bet you any money we're going to get more than big. I, get I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just speculating here that we, we're going to maybe hear the announcement of finally a DC Studios, just like Marvel oh, has studios. Okay. And I think this movie has part, part to know, do with DC that. versus Mortal Kombat, the movie. That'd, hey, that'd be cool. Yeah, let's do that. All right. And then speaking of speculation, here's one that Cody's going to like. Mark Ruffalo, as you all know, Bruce Banner, he does the Hulk as well. Um, the way they're going, because, you know, he signed on to do these Hulk films, but however, there's no Hulk films being made or in production. So they asked him about Planet Hulk. Now, Cody, like months ago, we were on the phone with James, Cody, and I, and Cody said, here's what they're going to do. They're going to do something with the Hulk, and it's either going to launch him to space, and it's going to be Planet Hulk. He's like, they're going to go to Planet well, Hulk route. The way, the way I see it is this. Um, the the whole Marvel universe happening this way. We know Cap's got one movie left. Mm -hmm. Right. We know Cap's gonna die. Right. Because they signed on uh, Homeboy uh, Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan. Nine picture deal for a nine picture deal. So we know that once Hulk or once Cap dies, what happens? Civil War. Right. What happened during Civil War? Hulk said, "Peace, I'm out." Mm -hmm. And Planet Hulk happened. And then after Planet Hulk happened. Hulk came back and fucked some shit up. That's how I see it happening. And I was like, they got to be going this route. That's the route they got to And in my opinion, I think that's the best way to do it. Give Hulk his own feature. Mm -hmm. Kick-ass Planet Hulk. Dude, Planet Hulk was one of the best arcs oh, wow. ever it's in so Hulk. great. And then the, the, the animated movie was great, too. Yeah. So, yeah, do that. Do that. So what did Ruffalo say? So Ruffalo said, Planet Hulk, I don't see that's the way to go yet. I think you need more banner. The whole thing to... It, it's just him as Hulk on a planet fighting other gladiators. 
And so he's just like, oh, I'm not for it. I don't think you need to go around. They need more of us time and banner. But James Gunn, who you know, was directing Guardians of the Galaxy, tweeted a photo of him on a saccharine spacecraft with a saccharine soldier, which is tied exclusively to Planet Hulk. And there's also a report that came out from HitFix, and this is a spoiler, so don't, I mean, you know, so don't, you know, whatever. And they said in the Age of Ultron, in the final battle, it's alluded that what might happen is that Hulk, after the final battle when he battles Ultron, gets on like a Quinjet or some sort of jet that's pre-programmed to go to another planet and shoot him off into space, and he can't get off of it. <laughs> planet Hulk! <laughs> it's crazy. So I, I, think, I think Ruffalo, what Ruffalo was saying is, be in the movie. Yeah. That's what he said. Well, Ruffalo, <laughs> Ruffalo in another interview was saying that, you know, he doesn't think it's going to happen because he said, we need more Banner. And he actually said some interesting stuff. He said, I think it's tougher than the other superheroes because you have a guy who essentially doesn't want to be there doing the thing that you want him to do more than anything. So it can be frustrating as an audience member, maybe why some of the other ones have failed. He also says, I've been finding that this relationship between Banner and Hulk, Hulk and Banner is equally compelling. And it's been explored in comics, but never in the movies. It's always been Banner's relationship with this sort of lump. And he said the only thing that scares Hulk is Banner. It terrifies him, and it angers him. But with Planet Hulk, though, it'd be great because... I mean, that's what people want. I mean, Bruce, I'm not saying it Bruce would be Banner great. was great. The way Ruffle did Banner was amazing. Oh, he was amazing. But when you have something like Planet Hulk, and you're going more of a galactic route, as they're going now with Guardians of the Galaxy, and even going with Doctor Strange and stuff like that... We're going more of that fancy, galactic kind of route. You know, Planet Hulk would be amazing, because it, it is. It's, he's a gladiator, he's a slave, pretty much. He's got some battle, and it's just like an uprising. Yeah. So he creates, he's responsible for a revolution and an uprising on another planet, which is amazing. He's Spartacus. Here's my problem he with it, though. I think one of the main reasons that the other two Hulk movies failed was that they didn't have the right Bruce Banner. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Now they have him... So they're gonna do a movie where there's essentially no Bruce Banner at all. I don't know. I mean, well, they're saying that if Hulk was compelling enough on his own, then what was wrong with the last two well, movies? Well, the thing is, though, too, is that in this one, okay, say for instance, it's true that Hulk goes off and they do a Planet Hulk movie. Well, there's gonna be a crossover between Guardians and Hulk, and the Guardians are gonna help Hulk get back to Earth. So that's gonna be kind of the thing. So maybe Ruffalo, when he meets up with the Guardians, if he does, isn't. You know the Hulk the entire time. He's banned. That's the other thing know? too. We're, I mean, seeing Hulk go with the Guardians willingly would be a little weird because that's not really Hulk style. You know, these guys show up and say, "We're here to take you back to Earth," and Hulk's just well, going to say, "Okay, that's where open Banner the pod takes over." Doors. Maybe. Yeah, that's maybe. that's what I'm saying. That's a secret. He's always. But I, I, like I said, there's no other route you can really go. I'm not saying it wouldn't be cool. Hulk. I'm just saying that you know you finally find the right banner, and it's like, all right, now we're gonna do a Planet Hulk movie. We'll catch you on the next one, there, refs. Uh, well, the next story we get to, and this is one of Cody's favorite things of all time. A lot of television. A lot things. of people's favorite things, and it's Doctor Who, and they casted Michelle Gomez to be. The gatekeeper on Doctor Who. So, Cody, you're. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Cody's getting a phone call, and that's his ringtone. No, I wasn't getting a phone call. I was just messing with you. I have I have every Doctor's thong on my phone. Um, <laughs> that was the first. This was announced by BBC One, by the way. Um, okay. Uh, we know nothing about this character whatsoever. All we know is. Uh, the episode or one of the episodes they show her in has to do with the Cybermen 
Those who watch Doctor Who know the Cybermen very well. They've been around forever. They've been around since the 60s. Um, Aren't they actually able to, as of 2013, they can actually upgrade themselves now? Yes. Right? So that's a cool little twist on it. They're saying she's a, uh, uh, she's the gatekeeper of the Nether Sphere? Nether Sphere, Nether Sphere. Yeah. Nether Sphere. Don't know what the Nether Sphere is. No clue. Um, nobody really does. Uh, so it's, you know, obviously wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Um, <laughs> yes. She's, uh, she, I mean, she's got BBC cred. Right. Um, uh, Stephen Moffat, you know, knows her well. Uh, I'm interested. I mean, I'm interested in this whole season anyway. I mean, Peter Capaldi, I think, is going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm glad they brought in Peter Capaldi like they did. A lot of people, the, the, the younger people who only know the 2005 and on, um, they, they, they were smart in the way they did it. You know, bringing in Chris Freckleston to be the first, yep. to be the well, the ninth Doctor, um, because he was recognizable to Americans as a character from Heroes. Yeah, right. And then they bring in Tennant, who's like the hot guy with the spiked up hair and mm. you know witty and funny and has the feels. So, and then they go with Matt Smith, who was the youngest Doctor ever, and everybody's just in love with him. Now they've got those fans that like the young guys right. and things like yeah. that, right. and bringing Capaldi, who is. Not yeah, he's an older guy, but he's energetic. Yeah, and he's a very talented actor. So, um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I'm interested to see what they do with uh, Clara, but um, you know, because we really still don't know much about her at all. Uh, so it um, this casting, I, it, it you never know, man. But it's it's they've done so well with their casting um, since they started the series back up in 2005. There's been so many great cameos and things like that and, in the show. And you said that, that if somebody, like, I want to start diving with Doctor Who, which is that I just don't have time, but so you said start for 2005 and work my way up. Start right? 2005, work okay. your way up, and then you can go back and watch the classic episodes. Which is funny, too, because they're re- they've really planned this out even further ahead, because in a recent interview, Stephen Moffat actually said that he's teasing a major cliffhanger for the next season of the show. So yeah. they've already planned it out far in advance. He said this is going to be a major, like, whopper moment, he said, well, yeah, coming out for the next season. So they've already planned way ahead. They, this oh, is yeah, just they one do that. season. They do that. I mean, because you got to think with this... T- okay, here's, here's the thing. With this type of show, where you're crossing timelines, right. you have to think ahead. Um, when Tennant was still the Doctor, he met River Song, and spoiler alert, spoiler alert, River Song is the doctor's wife. Later on, she marries Matt. Sorry, she hit Nick. Right in the face. She, hey, she, she marries Matt Smith's doctor. But when you first see her, she meets David Tennant. Right. She's already married Matt Smith and knows everything about him. Yeah, we saw that. We, she's already married Matt Smith and knows everything about the doctor, but she won't tell him anything because, as she always says, spoilers. So here's the thing. When she meets David Tennant, not thinking about it, she goes to adjust his bow tie. Matt Smith wore a bow tie. David Tennant wore a necktie. Ah, They thought that far ahead. Just for that little detail Mm -hmm. that the next doctor would wear a bow tie. That's that's awesome. That's smart. That's yeah. the kind of attention to detail that you want out of pretty much anything. Yes, definitely. If you're going to think that far ahead. And our final story in this week's nerd news is I love a good monster movie. Like, like the Universal Monsters are by far my favorite horror movies of all time. I disagree, but I love them. I love them. The black and white, everything. Mm. Um, September 2nd, Universal is releasing 
each a legacy collection separately or in a giant 30 film box set for $139 on Amazon.com right now. Um, each collection will carry over special features that came with the previous release. Like, these things haven't been released in years. Yeah, it's been a long time. And then time. on September 2nd, there are, you can buy them classically separately on Blu-ray or DVD. So you can get them right now in a box I believe it's, it doesn't say if it was Blu-ray or not, I'll say it's regular DVD, mm-hmm. 30, it's like a 30-disc box set, or if you wait until September 2nd, you can buy them on Blu-ray individually. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And I am, I want to get this right now. I have a friend who, who's going to be super stoked about this, he's actually got Universal Monsters tattooed around his leg. Really? Nice. Wow, nice. Nice. So, which one do, you, do would you look forward to the most? If you were just go buy out, go out and buy one of them right now, which would be the one that you'd <sighs> have would, to go get? I would go Dracula, because... Okay. Wolfman's as well there. Um, Dracula, because the way it was marketed, I thought it was smart. It was, it was marketed as the strangest love story ever told. But nobody knew Dracula was a vampire until you saw the movie. Mm-hmm. It was just like, this guy loves this girl, but you don't know he's a dead. You know, he's the undead. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a yeah. vampire. The way that it was marketing was great. I mean, Bill Lugosi, you know, all those other great, great, great yeah, things. Definitely. So, I mean, it's amazing. I think it was on Netflix, actually. I don't know if it's still on or not. I don't it think was. it is now, no. But it was. Um, <laughs> no, they would have taken that off when they, yeah. when but, they, when they pushed this. But I, but I would go with Dracula, and my second would be Wolfman, because, I mean, that scene, whoever this, with a silver, yep. you know, silver bullet kills, or bitten by the wolf, <laughs> can only be killed with silver, and it's like that old gypsy moment. Yeah. And it was, I think it was Lon Chaney Jr. played mm-hmm. Wolfman, and it's like, Oh my God! That's such a great scene. It was in the Sandlot too. Yeah, that's the scene where the beast going through. I'm like, Oh my God! I definitely have to agree with that. But I'm kind of looking forward to some of the like Creature of the Black Lagoon. I've always loved that, and it's been the a mummy. while since I've seen it. And I think the Invisible Man. I look forward too. to seeing it, seeing it again. I mean, they've really got gone all Invisible Man. They're going to do that as well. I mean, there's just a ton of them, and maybe it's something that you haven't seen in forever, yeah. but this is your chance to get it now on Blu-ray. Yeah. I mean, as good as you can remaster a black yeah. and white classic yeah. movie. But, I mean, it's still cool, and to get all the special features that you've got on that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be amazing. The fact that they're releasing them all together, too, if you just, if you just want to say, screw it, let's just get them all, kind of thing. Yeah, I have plenty of space on my shelves for a nice box out of that. I mean, also, like, I mean, we're seeing this now with, with you know, now that we're getting, I mean, we're in the summer right now, but as we're getting closer to fall... We're getting uh, Hall- you know, the Halloween box set is coming out too. They're doing, like, I think it's a 15 disc box set for Halloween, the Michael right. Myers franchise. Um, but overall, um, when you look at the monster movies and just the Universal movies in general, it's it's amazing. It's I, I love it. I'm so right. happy. You know, I was looking for a look. I was like, okay, so our main topic is the paranormal and Ghostbusters. I said, you know, I want to find a story that deals with the horror trope, and. I'm like, my sauce, I let out a big yes, because I'm like, I was always wanting to find, and for $139, it's, it's for the box, I mean, like I said. 30, 30 discs, what is it, 30 discs? 30, 30 discs. films, I mean, but 30 I, films. But like I said, I don't know if they're on Blu-ray or not, I thought they were, I think they might be, I don't know, they might be I don't be know if the box set is, but they are releasing. But either way, Blu-ray. though, like, Blu-ray, it's like, yeah. I, I love Blu-ray, but honestly, I'll just get the, even if it's just regular standard DVD. I mean, either way, really. It's 30 discs, it's like, either it's all way, in really. one. So I mean, it's it's amazing, and I'm not, I am not a fan of modern horror movies at all. I think just not a fan. I but think these movies have always been. I've always been drawn to them. I've always watched them since I was younger, and I just think I, this is my comfort zone in the horror genre. Yeah. Oh, I think when it comes to horror movies, I love stuff like I love Puppet Master. I love the Friday Third. Like the stuff from like the '60s and up. You know, like The Omen was great. Rosemary's Baby. Um, I the Howling was good. You know, on on on. But yeah, the newer stuff into the 2000s, I'm like, eh. 
because it's more because you got the special the, you know, special effects are ten times right. better than what they were. Right. So it's like it's it's torture porn. Like the first Saw movie, I thought was amazing. I love the first Saw movie. But as you get old, like Saw, I'm like, oh, it's just like I don't need to see bones breaking. I don't right. need I to mean, see this the stuff. Thing, it's gore to the nth degree. Yeah. And I don't understand where that suddenly became the go-to thing in the horror genre. I mean, you look at these classic monster movies, and how much of that? I mean, I know that has something to do with the times too. But how much of that did you get in those? Nothing really. Yeah. Not much. But they were great. So. What's the problem? And the Why thing, aren't we gravitating to that more? And the thing is, too, is people are like, um, you know, one of the best, funniest, funniest things when you talk about old monster movies, I'm bringing up Frankenstein, because people are like, oh, it's Frankenstein. You know, it's like, no, it's Frankenstein's monster. That's right. Frankenstein was a doctor. The monster is just Frankenstein's monster. It's mm-hmm. not Frankenstein. It's just funny that, that this is happening now, and I think it's happening at a time where the horror genre today, is, it's out of control. Yeah. To me, it's out of control. So this is one of those things where you can get this and remind yourself what great monster movies used to be yeah. and, and give yourself that reminder of why things aren't so good now when it well, comes to this genre. And it also shows, too, like, I'm sorry, I love practical effects. I said over and over again, you know, this is great practical effects. Up until um, I was talking to somebody uh, last week about the whole horror genre, I said, you know, up until I think it was like the 80s or whatever, the 70s, 80s, when you had like American Werewolf in London. And that's to my, to my point, one of the best transformation scenes in all film, mm-hmm. practical wise, and especially and digital, is in American Werewolf in London, that transformation scene when the guy's in the hotel room and he's transforming and his mouth is getting bigger and everything else. Yeah. I mean, I watch Hemlock Grove, and I mean, I like the show a lot, but the transformation scene, I mean, for it being special effects, it was pretty interesting. I mean, you know, the guy's got his eyes out. I mean, I said about this last week for what we were watching. And, you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's digital. I love practical. I love seeing, you know, the hair actually grow. Right. I love seeing, you know, the, the guy's mouth just go from human to wolf. And just, it, you see it push out, like you see it's just the pain. And you know it's the prosthetics and everything, but it's just, it adds a certain dynamic to I it. I mean, and I know that there's a place for digital effects, and in certain aspects, you kind of criticize them for not using what the technology gives you now. But you go back and when you watch movies like this, like Creature from the Black Lagoon and Dracula and Wolfman and, and The Mummy, especially The Mummy. Yeah. Especially The Mummy, where you can really appreciate the practical effects and actors actually had to act. Yeah. And you actually had to tell a good story in the horror genre. Nowadays, you don't need to tell a good story anymore in the horror genre because you just get creepy, get gory, and for some reason, people just go see it just because. Yeah, and then speaking of getting creepy, we're going to get creepy in our next segment our main topic I ain't afraid uh, <laughs> of no ghosts so we're going to be talking about Ghostbusters 30th anniversary and also we're going to discuss the three of us are going to discuss paranormal activity and what it's like to be ghost hunting so stay tuned the scary finale of Down Nerdy is coming up right now what's up everybody it's Nick here live from Dave and Busters or Dave and Ghostbusters I should say with with the head of Taiwan Comic Con you know him from our past show Mike Federale is here Mike great job putting this event together brother thanks buddy so first off the turnout was amazing um, when you first saw this big turnout what was the first thing that ran through your head uh, I, wow I thought wow uh, well I mean like the last head count we got was 150 so it's like I'm really really happy that a bunch of people came out, supported, watched a really, really fun movie. So it's good times. So I asked a couple of people this before in every interview. So if you were applying for the Ghostbusters position, what characteristics set you apart from any other candidate? Oh, man. I have <laughs> At this point, my level of exhaustion 
is uh, is what was set me apart from anybody else. So apparently you just, you just exhaust yourself to the full extent. My level of exhaustion, but still being able to get the job done. That would be that would be my uh, my positive, my plus. Okay, if you okay out of Spangler, Ray, and Vankman, which three out of the three do you idolize the most, and who do you see yourself most as? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I love Bill Murray, but I'm probably Egon. I love Bill Murray so much. You know, everybody I've interviewed have said Egon. Like yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but the, the this is a great event, and I mean, it was perfectly planned. Now the next movie is Batman, 1989. 1989, Michael Keaton, Batman. We're just waiting on a specific date for it. We're going to make an event page. So everybody can go check out TidewaterComicCon.com or Facebook.com slash TidewaterComicCon or at TWComicCon on Twitter. Well, Any of those places, you should be able to find out information. Well, Mike, we will they, we will check those out. And again, October 18th, Tidewater Comic Con. Go check it out. Everybody's going to, a lot of people are going to be there. And again, it's going to be an event that, for a Batman movie. Great, great crowd, great group of people. Um, and look forward to the next event. I want to see you, buddy, next time. Not just you. He was, oh. he was working, actually. Oh, all right. He had to work, so next that's time, why. Next time there'll be enough time to know to take the night off, do something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Put in for the time off, buddy. I want to see your face here. Yes. So, James, you hear that? Mike wants you here for Batman. I'm calling and no- him out. I am calling him out. He's going to get the message. All right, Mike. Thanks very much, man. <laughs> thanks, buddy. We are back down and nerdy, and we're going to talk about fun stuff. <laughs> stuff I'm really into. We you and me both. Delving into about this the a lot. world yeah. of the paranormal. Yes. But first, we're diving into the paranormal. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters' 30th anniversary. They had the event last week when, you know, I, I interviewed some people. We, um, and you've been hearing the interviews. You've been hearing the interviews as well throughout the show. Uh, and I want to run through some questions right now, really quick, before we get to the other topic, which is the paranormal. So. Ghostbusters. So, if you had to identify yourself, Cody, with any of the Ghostbusters, who would you be? Do you have to ask? Bill Murray? Yeah, I'd be Peter Beckman, dude. Yeah. Beckman all the way. Oh, yeah. 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 I'd have to I'd agree. Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Everybody that I talked to were like, oh, I'm, so, I'm totally Spangler. Like, I'm totally Spangler. I'm like, really? That's the nerd coming out of them. Yeah. 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 More than anything I, I, I think I'd be Beckman because I'm also a smart-ass kind of thing. So. We all are. That's we why we see, do this see, together. That, that was the thing about, about Egon, though, is is he was a smart-ass intelligent. Yes. yes. Like, you know, what? all right, anything else we need to do? I'd like to run some gynecological tests on the mother. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that right there, I was like, freaking awesome. That's a great line. I wonder how many people picked up on it, you know. Or what was it? Uh, I think she's more interested. More interested in my epididymis. Yes, <laughs> but I mean, the, 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 the best part of I mean, the whole event was great. You know, they had the guys dressed as Ghostbusters from the con and stuff like that. Yep. They were there. Um, but when Stay Puff came on screen, the entire restaurant just applauded, and we're like, "Yeah!" Which is funny because usually when you talk about Ghostbusters, people also would gravitate more to Slimer. Mm-hmm. For some reason, right. Slimer get this giant following, but well, because Slimer, Slimer was kind of partial to Slimer had more of a role in the cartoon. Yeah, right. And, right. and, so and he, was, he was also on the cover of the High C juice yeah. boxes, the Ecto Coolers, which were awesome. They were yes, amazing. Were. I could go for a nice cold one right now. That'd be awesome. But, but uh, I mean, I always loved Stay Puffed, and I never understood why he didn't well, get more. Well, Stay Puffed. It, well, Stay Puffed yeah. is America. So I mean, it's it's that. Yeah, he is America. Definitely. You know, Definitely. I mean, and Slimer also people like Slimer too because he was based off of John Belushi. Like mm-hmm. he was because John Belushi, I believe, was supposed to be in Ghostbusters, and he died. And they said, okay, we got to make up for this part. And so they had Slimer. It's just funny how a character that was in the film for, what, 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. Slimer yeah. was in the film. 
got this giant fall and ended up having one a big part of the animated series yeah. and just took off. In the Ghostbusters Xbox uh, 360 video game, that was actually the first mission is you had to capture. You go yeah. to a hotel and you have Even to capture Even in the Slimer. Nintendo, the old Nintendo yeah. Ghostbusters Slimer well, was in that well, as well. It, the second movie, though, Slimer was like more in the, just like hanging out yeah. Yeah. in their place, yeah. you know, in the, yeah. in the uh, firehouse. So, But, I mean, yeah. overall, I mean, 30th, I mean, can you guys, like, where were you guys... I mean, you guys in your 30s, so where were you guys when Ghostbusters came out, in a sense? I was three. I was five, so, yeah. Still, you yeah. guys were alive, and I wasn't even born. I was in kindergarten when Ghostbusters came out, so... I, I was shitting myself. Running around in my Batman tidy whities that's what I was doing, so... Oh. Yeah, I was... Yeah, I, yeah, it was... I, yeah, no. I mean, I watched them later. You know, when they he's still you know, chewing soft food. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I, mean, I mean, but of course you watched them later on once yeah, you got older yeah. and you could, you know, actually remember and appreciate it mm-hmm. a yeah. little bit more. But even as a younger kid, when you were watching it, oh, it was just fun. I had the proton pack, the toy. Oh, nice! nice. It nice. was blue, and you know, you had your uh, your gun, and the gun had like. A swirly green nerf thing too, coming yeah. out of yeah, the front, yeah. and you would hit the button, and it would spin. And then I had a a, a trap as well, yep. and you nice. step on the trap. It was like air, you know, it was yeah. like a little air pump thing. Yeah, you step on it, and the trap opens up. I had that stuff. So, I had yeah. the action figures. You remember those? Oh yeah, the pro, oh, they yeah. Had the yeah. packs with the swirly plastic coming yep. out of them too. Yep. Yeah, I had Ecto One, yep. 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 which is sad to say. I, I did see this recently. Ecto One is just rotting on a lot right now. It's it's really sad. I mean, why you would think that. Somebody, you know, there's money everywhere. The Reading Rainbow Kickstarter has made five million dollars. We can't come up with a few hundred bucks to get the Ecto One and restore oh, it somehow. Yeah. I mean, come, come on. on, it's got to be the Smithsonian. I mean, that's just like that's 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 it's iconic. iconic. It's there's iconic. so many, there's so much cool stuff like that in the Smithsonian too. And, mm-hmm. and for a movie that's that gigantic, yeah. Why do you not have I, this in there somewhere? When I was in I was in Los Angeles, I went to the Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, mm-hmm. and one of the things I wish they did was I wish they had because it's so iconic. I mean, they had like the Terminator and all these athletes and you know wax figures. I wish they actually had a Ghostbusters one or a Slimer one. Or Did you see a giant Stay Puffed? Wow, oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be awesome. That'd be, awesome. That'd be so great. They, I mean, on my personal Facebook, make them burnt I, too. On my, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, on my personal Facebook, I have all the pictures from me at the uh, at the museum. It was great. But I mean, I wish they had that. That'd be an interesting. They, did, take. they used to have a show. I want to say it was on the Travel Channel. I'm not sure. Not Ripley's Believe It or Not. No, no, no. It was. Um, these guys who do uh, Hollywood Treasures—is that what you're talking yes, about? Yes, yeah, it was on auctions. sci-fi. It was on sci-fi. Sci-fi, okay. Yeah. And they they actually had like Gozer's outfit. Yeah. At oh, point. Which yeah, was, yeah. 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 I mean, they, they those guys were big Ghostbusters fans. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, you know it's yeah sad to see Ecto one, but yeah, I'm excited for this. I know they're they're talking about releasing the movies and the theaters. And for they're a gonna short time. they're yeah. gonna re-release the uh, box set on mm-hmm. the 4K digital on the 4K remaster. Yep. And uh, if you're going to San Diego Comic Con, the guys over at Funko that make the pop figures are gonna yeah. have the exclusive San Diego yeah. Comic Con. Pop figures. One of them is of the burnt Stay Puft Marshmallow nice. Man. Yep. And they're going to have and, uh, a couple a sl- more. Slimer with a slime Vankman. Yeah. Nice. So and and all of them. And they're, they have them all recovered in Stay Puft after he explodes nice. with the Marshmallow oh, that's cool. Yeah. So if you're going to San Diego Comic Con, of course, buy us one and send it to us. No. <laughs> <laughs> but those are one of the things that you can pick up there as, as exclusives and then, you know, take advantage of us on eBay. Yes. Now, let's switch gears. This is something that we all love. We all love the paranormal. 
So I'm going to have Cody kick us off with like some of his favorite memories and just why he loves paranormal okay, so much. Um, to go into it, I, I, I am a believer. As am I. As am I. You, you and I have spent many yes. a night talking about this. I am yeah. a believer because I've seen. As have I. I have, I have experienced some crazy shit. Um, the, the biggest one that ever happened to me, I was probably 13. I was home alone. Watching TV and or you know, there was just a field behind our house, right? And the TV was in front of a window that was you know that faced that back field, and you know we had the blinds closed and everything. And I'm just sitting there watching TV in an armchair, and I see a light in the distance. Just you know, I can tell it's way back, and it starts getting bigger, and shit starts rumbling. Wow! And I'm white knuckled sitting in this chair, and then I hear a train horn, and it stopped. And I did do research and found out there was a train track that came through that, you know, my house and where my house sits now. And yeah, so, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was one of those ghost trains you hear about, you know, it kind of felt like, you know, Winston there for a second. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) did you get the number of the locomotive? But um, but no, uh, yeah, there's been that. I mean, I've I've had a bunch of experiences. Um, I think, you know, you kind of. Once you've had one experience, you kind of make yourself susceptible to them. You want to yeah. see that stuff oh, yeah. again, you and, know. And you and you kind of get you give yourself that aura of, of being approachable too. Yes. I think to, to stuff like that. Once you open your mind to it, once it's happened to you, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it opens your mind to it. it. Makes you maybe experience it more. At least that's been my experience. Yep. I, I remember, um, and I'm not going to say who this person is, but I'll just say that it's a family member of mine. Um, they were this person was at a camp. This is. Years ago, I was out. It was like about twenty years ago. There, mm-hmm. uh, this person was at a camp, and it was in the middle of the night, about two, three in the morning. And the friend owned the cabin. It was in the middle of this woods, and um, this person, she gets up and goes around to go downstairs. She sees this light, and she's like, "Oh!" And she hears these footsteps. And they're with uh, her husband at the time. Um, we're with a friend too, and he slept downstairs. And she's okay, he's probably walking around or whatever. So she goes down the stairs. Now, the way that the cabin was, it was all open. So the staircase was open. Mm-hmm. You can just look get, look over the bed and see all the below area. And she stops dead in her tracks. And she sees this old guy holding a lantern all in white. And she sprints back upstairs into the bed and everything like that. So the next day, they're at breakfast. And she tells their friend who owns the cabin, she goes, Hey, I saw this guy last night or this ghost or whatever. And this person goes, oh, yeah. He goes, he's real. Like, you weren't seeing anything that wasn't there. He goes, when this cabin was being built, like, in the 1800s, he goes, somebody died up here on this on this land, like, right outside the cabin, pretty much, and they're building it. And he stops by once in a while. And he, he's like, and she's like, what he, she's like, what do you look like? He's like, she's like, old man, kind of had a mustache, old, wily hair. You know, and so he's like, yep, that's, that's him. I'll, I'll tell you one, this one. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, stationed on board USS Harry S. Truman. Right, we were painting down in this space. Now there's no ventilation in this space, so we were taking turns. You know, you paint, you come up so you can not die of fumes. That yeah. would be good. Yeah. So here's the thing: we were three. Well, I'll say for you know, civilian, we were three floors down um, in this space. Now at the top of the space was just a scuttle. What a scuttle is? It's a round opening. Right. Um. You know, just pretty much enough to fit a person through. Right. That's about it. So, I'm up at the top, 
and you know I'm taking my break. Guys down there painting, and you know there's metal steps on the ship. Right. So I hear dude flies out of the scuttle and just runs past me. That's crazy. Wow. I go chasing after him. I'm like, dude, what just happened? He's like, no, you're not gonna believe it. I'm like, tell me what just happened. I mean, we're still new in the ship. Right. He goes, okay, we had plastic down on the floor. Yeah. He said a sheet of that plastic lifted up flat to eye level and then laid back down. In a room with no ventilation. In a room with no ventilation. Excellent. Right? Now, down at the bottom of the of this uh, ladder way is our, the freezer, is uh, some freezers and stuff yeah. like that, right? It turned out, and we found this out because we found a plaque up near the on, up near the hangar bay. Com- or not commemorating, but, you know, paying homage to contractors who died on the ship. Oh, God. Wow. Two of them died in that space. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's pretty crazy. Oh, my God. And it was some sort of leak, and they, they like, basically suffocated. Wow. Right? It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so... One of mine happened to me not too long ago, actually, the place where I used to live. Now, uh, to, pre- to preface this, before we moved into this place, it was not even a vacant lot. It was this overgrown lot, and we just decided it was a good spot. It was in the corner. Like, we want that. So we had them clean. We had somebody clean it up, and we put the house there. So several, you know, as we started living there, you know, you hear things, you hear voices. Mm-hmm. You hear, you're like, okay, whatever. So... I was alone in the house, and I'm, and I'm sleeping, and I kind of get woken up. I hear noises out in the other room. And it was so loud that I feel like somebody could, could have broken into the house. So, you right. know, you start to get that panic-type mm-hmm. feeling in your body because you've been woken up out of a sleep. But here's the thing. I couldn't get up. For whatever reason, I just couldn't get up. And I was frozen, and I just couldn't move. And I'm like, you know, all right, so I'm a, at this point, I'm like, all right, I just need to lay as still as possible, and I'll be fine. So I keep hearing noises and this panic feeling starts to set in. And all of a sudden, there was just like this feeling like everything was all right. Everything was fine. And then on my shoulder, because I was laying on my side, on my shoulder, I feel... Now, you guys can't see this because it's a podcast. (laughs) One by one, finger, 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 finger on my shoulder. Now, you know when somebody touches you, if it's actually somebody Mm -hmm. touching you, you know what that feels like. But imagine this staticky type feeling his head too. on he your shoulder. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly on your shoulder, and just the hand just rested there for a minute, and then all of a sudden, no noises. Everything was fine. I've got this staticky hand on my shoulder, but then I've got this feeling like everything is okay, like it was calming me down. Mm-hmm. And then I just went back to sleep. Wow. Yep. There's a there's a bunch of them out there, man. There's a there. We got some places around here. And I know there's there's some groups around here. The Camp Lear um, Hotel. The that Camp, would be a great place. They will place. not let you No, they won't. Actually, I don't know now. There's new owners. Yeah. Now, Camp Lear Hotel has point. new owners. Now, people don't know, the Camp Lear Hotel is this old hotel that's by the oceanfront. And there's actually two of them now. There's the old Camp Lear and the new Camp Lear. Well, the old one. The, the old, old one's one, the one yeah. that's haunted. Now, my wife and I... We'll actually travel to places to do ghost hunts, ghost tours. We took our honeymoon. 
<laughs> in Savannah, Georgia, oh, which is one of the most that is such haunted cities in America. We yep, went to the yep. Sorrel Weed House. Oh, no way. Which if That's you've cool. seen Ghost Hunters before, you know the Sorrel Weed House. And Ghost Adventures as well. And it's funny because we're taking the tour, because, and we, of course we took the midnight tour, right? Of course. We took the midnight tour. Because you're not pussies. And the, guy, <laughs> and the guide was a really creepy type guy. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we're in one of the parlor rooms where they, they have the sliding, it's a southern house, so there's sliding doors where the women would congregate in this room, mm-hmm. men would congregate in this room. So he's telling us the backstory. And we're sitting there hearing it, and I can't hear him because I feel like I've got some asshole behind me talking. So I keep kind of looking like, who is that talking? I can't hear anything. And my wife's standing right next to me. She's looking at me like, what are you doing? I said, somebody <laughs> won't shut the hell up behind me. So then as the guy's going on, and he says, one of the claims in this room is hearing voices behind you. And I went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, because that just happened to me just now. <laughs> and then they play the recording uh, that they caught on Ghost Hunters of the EVP yeah. of the screaming yeah. in one of the rooms upstairs. And they tell you the story about what happened and she got murdered. And they said, okay, who wants to go in the room first? And it's completely dark. Everybody won't go. And I said, I'll go. So I just went in the room by myself and just sat down in a corner. Oh, God. <laughs> and just waited. You know, I'm taking a couple pictures and everything. I'm waiting. And then everybody started getting up their courage, and they're going in the room, too. And I'm like, well, now everybody's in here. Screw this. I'm leaving. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of great places in Savannah that you can go to. Oh, yeah. Um, we actually went to uh, Eastern State Penitentiary nice. in Philadelphia. That's another bucket list for me. And, oh, I mean, and even just to see, like, Al Capone's cell and yeah. stuff oh, yeah. like that. And just the crazy stuff that happens there. And we find out while we're there, you can actually, if you get a group together, it's 500 bucks. You can rent out the prison for, like, four hours and just do a ghost hunt. And my Road wife, trip. Kickstarter. And yeah. my, and my, my, the first thing my wife said when she heard that, I was like, we're getting a group together and we're doing this. Oh, we're doing yeah. I said, I'm oh, in. Absolutely. Cody and I are in. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And one of the other creepy places that we went was, if you're ever in Charleston, South Carolina, I was go to there. the Old City Jail. In there. Yeah. And that is, now we didn't experience anything while we were there. But it is one of the creepiest ghost tours mm-hmm. you will ever take in well, your life. When, I was, when I was stationed there, that's about the only cool things to do in Charleston, South Carolina. Thank you very <laughs> much for that, too. It's the, yes. the ghost tours because they had like three clubs. And I, you know, I was like 20. And Everybody right. talks yeah. about how great that city is. And you know, if we've got listeners in South Carolina, but I'm sorry, but the, it's the, not that great. Now, now, a story that I, ha- I have, um, this was a couple years, this when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I went to school um, at Morrisville State. Up in New York, which is 45 minutes south of Syracuse, it's in cow country, farm country, and the big and what and at first you thought it was an urban myth, I think that one of the halls was haunted. It was called Madison Hall, and the reason why it was haunted was because they would have back in the old days they would have they would use that building before it was a college or whatever they would use that building to have trials and they would hang people up up in the second floor where they had the trials. So I went up there one night with a bunch of friends, and it was, and they had a dance and something like that there. And then everybody left, so we hung out and we like behind. He said, "Okay, cool," and we say, "Okay, we're staying for at least an hour or something." Going on, people were gone. We heard fucking feet moving, fucking every. We heard, we heard, uh, we even heard uh, 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 like a chair falling over, and like just, like somebody like, got hung, and like. So we really fucking bolted out of there, man. We were gone. Oh, yeah. And then another one, um, when I was in elementary school, I went to this, uh, sacred, this Catholic school, Sacred Heart, in Syracuse. And uh, it used to be a high school. It had three, had three floors. You had the elementary, and then you had the middle school, and you had the high school on top. 
the the high school nobody was on nothing was ever on the third floor for like twenty years. Um, so like my uncles went there when it was a high school and everything, but for like 20, 30 years there was nothing there. I went for a couple of confirmation classes and stuff like that. My buddy and I we had a break. We're like, okay, we got ten minutes. So what are we gonna do? Let's go to the third floor. And we go. We sneak up to the third floor. It's pitch black, mind you. Nobody. We're the only. It was like me, him, and another person. The other person stayed behind in there. And the way that hall I was, you can see somebody come upstairs. So it was both ends. So you couldn't be. Like, oh, somebody snuck up here before we did. So we get up there. We hear. We heard a fucking drawer open. <laughs> we heard a chair, like a desk go like that. Bolted. We were like. Gone, gone, and another another final story that I'll, I'll I'll put out there, and this one has to do with myself personally. Now I have, everybody knows I have one arm, and there's this phenomenon with people who have missing limbs where there'll be times where they'll be doing something and they'll feel like a ghost extremity on the end of their body, and it's a ghost limb. I've had that experience where I've been doing something and it feels like I have a second hand. They say like, "Was it?" Feel? I asked the person, "What does it feel like?" It's like Kind of like if you had a, a cool tube around your arm, kind of thing. I'm like, I've had that. And I've had to where I felt like I've had fingers before and stuff like that. They're like, yeah, you've had a ghost limb. You've had the experience. Wow. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it I is. never even thought about that. That oh. was my physician that told me about uh, that, too. One of, the, one of the crazy things that happened to me was, and this is the same house that I had the other experience in, is that and they talk about intelligent haunts. Mm-hmm. So uh, people that know me know that I work overnight shift. And I was coming home one morning yep. for from from my job, and I come in the front door, and I take two steps in, and it's just my wife home and the dogs, and I hear James is home, just like that, and I'm like, wait a second. First of all, my wife never calls me that ever, and the dogs can't speak. The TV's not on, so who's welcoming me home to my house? Wait, what does your wife call you? She calls me honey and stuff like that. Okay. She doesn't typically call Sex me... Sex sandwich. There are a lot of nicknames that I won't share on the air, but I digress. But, I mean, you know, you're, sometimes your spouse doesn't always call you by your first name unless you're in trouble. And she was asleep, so why would she call me anything when she was sleeping? Right. And this was actually coming from... It sounded like it was coming from a room where there was nobody in at all. So... We had so many experiences in this house that we just decided we're going to get the digital voice recorder. We're going to get the temperature. We got like a ghost hunting kit. We said, screw it. We're going to do an EVP session. And we got a few different things, and I actually have them saved on my laptop, one of the EVPs saying my wife's name. Wow. Which is it's pretty wild that the stuff that you can get. And, you know, being open to it and not being yeah. scared of it, I think, is the best thing that you could do. Oh, yeah. And be, just, I mean, if you don't want to believe, fine. But for those of us that have had stuff happen and we're not crazy people. No. Yeah. I mean, be open to the fact that this is a possibility. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had people say, like, they've seen angels. Like, they've, like they're like they near death. Like, um, mm-hmm. somebody, I, um, my neighbor, his mom was near death and she was at the at his house. He told me this, and he said, she was sitting on the couch, and she goes, Tony, she goes, who are those people on the couch? He goes, nobody on the couch. It's just him and her. She goes, what are you talking about, Mom? She's like, they're dressed in white, and they have wings. I think they're angels. And he was like, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, those things, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's why like, people say, you know, oh, you're crazy. You, can, you know, see, people see what they want to see. It's like, no. There is time. <laughs> like, like, well, you know. You know yeah, when you, you know when something's when you, when up. You, you, you want to talk about seeing what you want to see? Not always. That's not necessarily no. what you want to see. Um, we uh, when I got out of the navy, we uh, me and two buddies uh, took a trip up 
Um, we were helping my my friend's wife move up to New Jersey. Yeah. Move back up to yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, you, you told the story. Uh, episode two. We talked about Did it. I? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Clinton Road? Yeah. yeah. How you just about how you went up to the stash? So we got to get stopped. Oh, I told, okay, yeah, yeah, I told that part of the story. But okay. this is the same time? This is the same there? time. Oh, yes, the same time. Okay. So we're up there, and she's telling us all about this place called Clinton Road. Right. In West Milford, New Jersey. Now, we're like, okay. Cool. Let's check it out. Yeah. Right? Why not? You know, we're, yeah, we're going to have fun with this. Now, on our way there, I'm driving. I'm We're in a white Explorer. Something grabbed the wheel. Don't know what it was. Right. Something grabbed the wheel. Wow. I jerked it back before we would have hit a telephone pole. Wow. She starts losing her mind more than she should have. Because, <laughs> of course, I'm freaking out. But of course, she's yeah. losing it. Right. And I'm calming her down, trying to figure out why she's losing it this much. Prom night, two of her friends hit that pole and died. Whoa. No. Yes. Oh, my God. Right, yeah. So, we're already like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we, Maybe we should pull over We and get to Clinton Road, the mouth of Clinton Road. Now, it's wooded and it's pitch black. Right. So your typical northern backwood street. Yes. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah, I've Same. been there. Okay. Like <laughs> Every religion had something set up at the mouth of this road. Right. When the religions are working together. <laughs> so this is where unity and religion takes place? This is where, yes. This is where coexist wow. came from. Yes. The, yeah, they all have something in, something there. So um, before we went, I, I, I got to preface this. Before we went out there. You're supposed to toss a coin, a uh, half dollar, over this off this bridge, uh-huh. and this little kid comes out and steals it. I'm not shaking. Okay. Little kid comes out and steals it. Great. Uh-huh. Could just took my fifty cent piece. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Let's, now I got my two buddies in the back. I'm driving. She's in the seat next to us, and we're, we go driving out. And like I said, the only lights are your headlights. Right. And we come up. There's like a blue Bronco-ish type truck sitting right. off the side of the road. And I'm like, oh, somebody probably, you know, who knows how long that's been sitting here. Right. And so I'm slowing down to make sure it's not somebody needs any help. And I get about level to their driver's side window. My boys in the back start losing their minds, screaming, fucking go, 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 get the fuck out of here. I'm not shooting you. Holy shit. I, they're losing it back there. So I hammered the freaking gas. Of course, yeah. yeah. They just kept saying, dude had no face. Whoa. They said a dude walked around behind the Bronco and just like his face had melted off. Whoa. Right? And I'm like, did, did y'all smoke something before we got here? <laughs> yeah. You know, and they, no, 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 no. We're fine. All right. So we're all, and I'm, I'm going faster than I should down this road. And, uh. And I'm still kind of looking in the back of my rearview mirror, of trying to make sure you my are, boys yeah. are okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm looking at my boys, trying to get you know information out of them. She grabs my arm, and I look up, and it's the fucking kid in the middle of the road that stole my fifty cent piece. Holy shit! Wow! I fishtailed an explorer. <laughs> I 180'd that bitch and got the hell out of Clinton Road. All right, we've had enough. We're all back now. God so, damn. And, and uh, later on, you know, I, you know, I, I thinking back to it, I was like, you know what? I go online and check this out. I need to go and, and yeah. Look. So I go online, and this, I mean, you can look up Clinton Road, West Milford, New Jersey, 
and you're going to see a ton of stories. There, one of them that I thought was crazy was this couple was driving down there, and they get stopped by a cop. Right. And he's like, "You shouldn't be down here." Now, there's no nothing blocking it. There's nothing saying no trespassing. He's like, "You guys shouldn't be down here. This right. is not a good place to be." And they're like, "Yeah, but you're down here." He's like, "I have a gun." <laughs> yeah, okay, there's that. <laughs> but I'm like, it was one of the. I, I was just like, I mean, I. It seriously was seeing the kid. I was like, like it was just like a regular kid. It was just like a just ghost like kid. a little kid with uh, a red shirt and overalls. Little blonde kid. Yeah, that's perfectly normal. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I heard him no, growl, but I don't know. It wasn't like a ghost kid or anything like that. It was just... He looked he looked solid. But yeah. Yeah. now, but see, now mind you, I had flipped this 50 cent piece over there right. way earlier in the day. So then how the fuck did he get all the way up there pretty much? In the well, why is he out there waiting for us? In the middle yeah. of the road, no like, less. Like, this is like, yeah. we're talking like six or seven year old. Yeah. Who's Jay? Go down there, steal that, and then we're going to go up in the woods and wait for him to get up there. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, but. Dunkful. Yeah, Dunkful. I'm. Oh yeah. my God. That's yeah. just. Look, yeah, wow. look up Clinton Road, dude. It's not a joke. It's. it's. I'm surprised they haven't done one of the Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures. That's, yeah, that's, one, that's one of the places Ghost Adventures I like to do is. That's where Nick, Nick uh, Osborne needs to go. Not Nick Osborne. What's his name? Um. Ozzy's kid. Oh, Jack Osborne. Jack, Jack Osborne. Osborne. That's where he needs is to go. Is his show still going on? I, I think they're filming again. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, that Haunted Highway show is pretty cool. Nice. So, so given that, seeing as how that, that seems like a pretty cool place, what's that one spot left on your bucket list? You're like, I have to go here. For, as far as paranormal stuff, ghost hunting goes. Alcatraz? No, no, not really. Because mine's, mine's easy. I don't know. Um, what was that tuberculosis hospital? Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even name. Crap, I can't remember the name of it. There was a tuberculosis hospital. I know that they did. I remember which one you're talking about. That, yeah, I, that, that had the shadow place. people up in the up, yeah, up yeah. on the yeah. roof and stuff. Um, but that and uh, well, the Stanley. That was mine. <laughs> that was mine. What's the Stanley? The Stanley Hotel. The Shining, the Shining Hotel. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, it's yeah. a real hotel. It's a real hotel. And I knew that. And okay. It's really. Oh, yeah, I know it was a real. Stephen time. I know King. That name, though. Stephen King wrote The Shining after staying in the hotel Holy because God. he packed up to leave, went downstairs to check out, went back up to get his stuff, and everything was put away. Whoa. Yep. And certain rooms are more active than others, yes. too. And wow. even, like, the, the banquet halls are very active yep. and stuff like that. It's a, it's a gigantic paranormal mess Yes, is what it is. So, I, knew the, I knew it was haunted. I just didn't know the name of the hotel. That, and they, yeah. That's actually where they filmed, too. Oh, I know that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's, yeah, from what I've seen, oh it's pretty God. crazy. Um, yeah, that's up Buffalo there, Central Terminal is another place. That, yeah. That would be really oh, awesome. Nice. It's um, I, I will not. I, I refuse to go to the Queen Mary, especially after that crap they pulled. What? On Ghost Hunters. Um, what? It, they messed with their cameras and made it look like something happened. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, somebody snuck in. Yeah, that was messed up. That was pretty, yeah, that was that just ruined their integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, there, and there, there was another one, I think it was on, on Ghost Hunters too, where they like they found the machine that was making noises. 
Yeah, they've actually they they're pretty good on Ghost Hunters about finding things and and debunking it. Well, no, but this was like this was and like when they had trying, stuff set up. Well, there was another place in California where they had where they said that you could see people's images in a mirror. Yes, yeah. it was the same place. This and, is the place I'm talking about. Yeah, and and you, they actually had staged it to where you could they actually like lit a little it up. light would light oh, up. Yeah. It would light up, and you could see the face in the mirror. So. And they also they also had a rig to make their uh, yeah, chandelier the swing. Chandelier oh, really? swing. Yeah, yeah. So, it was like really, dude. Are you are you guys serious? Yeah, it's, serious do that? it's stuff like that. But what do you think about the credibility of some of these shows? I mean, obviously they're believers, but I mean, because to me, go, Ghost Adventures drives me. Drive <coughs> I, me now. Really? I, I think that's more credible than Ghost Hunters. Insane. I just think they're a little too over the top. I think that the over the top. I, I, I think like it, I think it is the over the topness. But I think it's also you know we live in the age where people can do camera tricks and like that. So I think, but it's not saying that they do it. I'm just saying people are more skeptical. And that's the, that's the thing. The last one I saw, I can't remember. I think they're in one of the old old west towns type of thing. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, they're in a hotel. They were in a hotel. Some pretty screwed up stuff had happened in this hotel. But um, they had the static camera, which for those who don't know, static camera just means it's sitting on a tripod, not moving. Right. Um, they had a static camera set up in this hallway, and Zach was up there, and he had just turned the corner of the hallway. And then you see him stumble backwards. He yells. You see him stumble backwards. And then you see him go off his feet and hit the wall. Mm. Wow. And, you know, you can see him. He turned his head like like he was going to run and then turned back real quick and went off his feet. Mm. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, I, you know, I think I, I like their them better, too, because it's just them. It's not a camera crew. Yeah, and if the cameras are just their cameras. Right, that one, that I'll that I'll agree with you. Because how many times are you know? Yeah, you're a cameraman. You make a noise. How many times are, are they going to say, "Oh yeah, that was me"? Right. Now, what about shows like like Fear? Remember MTV's Fear? Oh, those were so staged. Oh, I know they were. Those were so but incredibly staged. Movies like Paranormal Activity drive yeah. me. Oh, I love Paranormal Activity. Uh, not because, it, and I don't see it being like that happened type of that type of thing happened. I just love those movies, and I even love the Haunted House. It's just funny because <laughs> you're sitting there, and then all of a sudden you're waiting for something to happen. And you think, oh wait, oh, did that move? Did that move? It's like it's like screw this lamp, and it just knocks it off the. Yeah, top. well, yeah. that's that's how they went. But see, but you're waiting. But sometimes in those movies, though, you're waiting for a while, and you, and I, I'll agree, you start to get bored. They do that on purpose. Well, of course they do, but it's because then like, it's like. What the what what? Yeah. You know, or like, why is old chick just standing there looking at him? You know, what I yeah. mean, you know, you, you, and you kind of like, oh, whatever. And then, boom! What the fuck was that? Yeah. You know, it's stuff like that, man. Um, I I dig those movies, but um, no, those fear that fear shows and the celebrity. Oh yeah, celebrities. Oh gosh, I remember, I remember. So... My room, I remember my roommate and I like we knew the celebrity one was so state. Like fear came out one time when I was like, a little kid, so you didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, kind of thing. You know, I mean, it freaked the shit out of me. But, but but the celebrity stuff, like my roommate, who was a teammate of mine at, 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 uh, up at Morrisville, we were watching like, every Sunday. We just laugh. We, we we made fun of fear actually on the way up to Jersey we, yeah. because we had walkie talkies between the vehicles, mm. and so we were like, you know, the Nawali is a is a creature that crawls underneath the Chester Bay Bridge. You know? <laughs> just, you know, it was yeah, but no, yeah, those shows were just they were fun to watch. Oh yeah. I love haunted houses, and I love taking my wife to haunted houses yep. because she gets scared out of her mind. <laughs> oh yeah, and I, that, I find fun in that. We went to Hallow Scream at Busch Gardens last year with it was four big dudes together, <laughs> and we go into Hallow Scream, and it was 
uh, one of my buddies brought his recorder with him. Mm-hmm. And so we were recording the houses and listening back to him. We were just joking and just laughing and playing with these guys and screwing with the actors. And because it really wasn't, it, you know, if you get me, if you can startle me, I'll give you props. Yeah. I'll be like, dude, that was good. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise we're just like, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> um, there's one, it's become common in haunted houses. Um, I had the, uh, this. There's like three teenage girls and one of their dads were behind us, and one of these girls is just she's freaking out. We're not we're in line, right. and she's well yeah no there was an actor walking around you know kind of scared yeah, right. And I kind of looked at her dad. He kind of gave me the nod like go for it. So I kind of just got behind her. I was like, why'd you do that? Oh my god, why'd you do that? So. The first thing in this house is one of those, it's like the inflatables put together where you got to kind of go in between the two inflatable yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. It's become common in haunted houses. So I'm, I'm calming, I'm trying to calm down. I'm walking backwards toward this thing and I'm letting my buddies go way ahead of me. And I'm turning around, I'm looking around, I'm like, there's nothing to be worried about, nothing at all. And then I jump backwards like something pulled me into it. They lost their minds. <laughs> so I was just like, whoop. I, it, oh, I actually, I, I, I played it too because I actually fell. That's how hard I jumped nice. backwards to make it look like something pulled me in. And, oh, I could hear him screaming. Nice. And I could hear the dad laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I, oh, uh, but, I mean, you know, um, there, there was one recently, I think, Ghost Adventures did, where they were actually doing a haunted house. Right. That um, stuff had gone down. And, like, you know, it used to be it was an abandoned factory. And, like, right. you know, yeah. almost people had died in there. And yep. Stuff like that. And, um Come to find out, one of the guys found a book, and this right. is a guy who's playing Satan in the in the house. Right, found this book, and he's like, "Oh, this stuff sounds cool." So he starts reading from the book during while people are going through these houses. It turns out to be the Satanist Bible. Oh God! <laughs> he's wow. reading from the Satanist Bible. Oh my God! And then after after he found this, and nobody knows where the book came from. Ah. After he found this book. That's when everything started happening. Wow! In these haunted houses, and they they made sure. I mean, because you know they looked in every little nook and cranny, make sure people weren't staying there. So, but yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool one. Well, that's going to do it for our paranormal episode of Down and Nerdy. Of course, don't forget to check us out at the Mega Nerd Garage Sale on July the fifth. If you're listening Mega to this on Friday. It's at South Plaza Trail in Virginia Beach. We'll give you all the info on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash downandnerdy. Also, follow us on Twitter at downandnerdy757. Also on Twitter at nickpataglia25. James. I'm at James Ace Witham. Cody ignores his Twitter, so don't no, worry. No, I have him. Twitter now. It's not really mine, but it's that BG Cabana, but you can always get me there. Yes, anyway. follow that. Absolutely. Yes. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Down and Nerdy. Hope you liked it. Next week's going to be our Collective Polls episode. And we're I, I, I now I'm, I'm trying not to cry because there's so many collectibles I had that oh, I no longer geez. do. So I can hold me. I can hold back my tears for a week. So we'll see you then next week for Cody and James. I'm Nick. We'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs>